Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. Oh. <laughs> And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 76 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another Wednesday, another wacky Wednesday. Got a really cool interview for you guys today. Another uh, former Melville millionaire. Oklahoma City Blazer, Anchorage Ace, Canuck Bruin, Hurricane, Wade Brookbank. Wade was great. Uh, we sat down and talked for, geez, I don't know. Uh, I haven't actually put it all together yet. I think about three and a half hours. So at any rate, this will be part one, guys. I won't uh, I won't hit you with it all at once. And uh, this will be part one. And uh, I will uh, upload part two on the Sunday episode. So instead of listening to me uh, rant like an idiot on Sundays on my solo episodes... Um, I will put part two of Wade's interview up. So, um, like I said, we talked for a long time, so I'm not, I'm going to keep this short. Uh, nobody tuned in to listen to me. Um, like I said, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, please check out the other shows. All the NHL teams are represented. Represented, of course. The uh, season, the season's in full swing, and so all those guys are busy. So, whatever team you're a fan of, there is a show for you. Um, also on the network is uh, Brad Lieb and Terry Ryan and myself as far as the original content goes. Um, yeah, so there's a little something for everybody on the network. Definitely uh, cruise around, see what you can find. Um, yeah, and then for my off-network friends, of course, I got Alec over at the Five for Fighting podcast. Um, he is, while well, he's been working like a like a dog there over at the, at the job site, I know he was... Uh, he worked really late the other night, so he hasn't had a hasn't had a real chance to um, record anything. He does have an interview finished, I know that. Um, I think he wants to do a solo episode first, though. I think he was telling me, but uh, he's just you know struggling to find the time. And I mean, he's he's been so busy in the last little while with a little bit of everything going on. So, uh, but I know he wants to get back at it, and uh, so that'll be coming out shortly. Um, and then, of course, Joe over at the Coliseum Chronicles just released an interview with Ray Schultz, which I'm actually in the middle of listening to. I was listening to him on my drive home today. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to uh, finishing that tomorrow in the truck. Um, and Joe, Joe is a, a New York Islander-specific podcast, enforcer-specific podcast. <coughs> so, I mean, he's had great guests on from Mick Fakota to Aaron Ash and Jason Strudwig. Bolton on and on and Joe um Joe's like really thorough and stuff so yeah you definitely learn all about the guy's career and stuff so that, um I really you know Joe does good work over there and then uh for current hockey the Slewfoot hockey show with Fred and Dave and uh the Obey the Puck show with Dan Paul and Kelly for all your current hockey needs and uh 
I listen to them, so I don't have to watch. There we go. But I'm, but I'm still in the know, kind of. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> that, that, whether I'm in the know or not is debatable. Uh, well, you know, but um, so yeah, guys, I won't be no no rants today for me. Let's we'll just get on with the show. But uh, like I said, uh, today will be part one with Wade and. Uh, Sunday, uh, instead of the normal, uh, rant, like I thought about doing a rant show, like my normal rant show on Sunday and then part two next Wednesday, but I don't want to break it up like that. Like I don't want to have an episode in the middle. So yeah, I think Sunday we'll put part two out with Wade and, uh, and we'll see what happens next Wednesday. I actually have another interview done as well. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I'll keep you posted, but in the meantime, enjoy this interview, uh, part one with Wade Brookbank. Thanks, guys. All right, here we are on the fourth line voice. On the line, former Melville millionaire, 15-year pro from Lanigan, Saskatchewan, Wade Brookbank. Wade, how you doing tonight? Doing great, Aaron. <clears throat> Thanks for having me. No, thank you very much for, for coming on. I know we've uh, we've talked about this for a while, and uh, no, I'm, I'm uh, pumped to have you on. I got a, uh, It's interesting, got a bit of a... A, a personal history with you. I met you way back when you were when you were just a youngster. First start swinging in Melville, and uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, like I said, you grew up in uh, in Lanigan, and uh, um, when did you start playing hockey? And uh, and we'll we'll start with the at the very beginning. And uh, did you play? Did you play any like AAA or anything, or just local? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, just like any other kids in Saskatchewan, I started playing uh, at a young age, whatever four, five, six, you know, whatever it was, five years old probably. And then I played all my hockey there in Lanigan. Um, I was a bit of a late late bloomer, and I went and tried out AAA Midget a couple places, uh, or in Yorkton, actually, AAA in Yorkton twice, and didn't make it either time. Played all my uh, Midget in Lanigan, and then played a year of senior hockey before finally going to Melville in the S year. Well, you know, your older brother Lee, of course, he uh he played with the Yorkton Terriers for a few years there in the in the early 90s, picked up a few pims. Um was it something that you wanted to So, I mean, obviously you were familiar with the SJHL and everything. Um Yeah, like you said, you played senior and stuff. How did you uh yeah, how did you just end up in Melville? Just walk on or Uh, well, no, it's a kind of a funny story cuz I was playing uh, I I previously had watched Lee play Lee played uh, with the Yorkton Carriers in SJ for three years. So, yeah, very, very familiar. He's a huge fan of the SJHL. You know, uh, Brad Prefontaine was one of my favorite favorite enforcers of all time. He's an ex-Millville millionaire. Um, so, anyways, uh, very familiar with the SJHL. Grew up playing, wasn't quite good enough to go any, anywhere to play. And then I finally uh, grew, got a lot bigger, played that year senior in Lanigan, and we made the league for, uh, provincial finals that year. And we were playing Eston, and the coach of the Melville Millionaires actually came to watch a kid on the other team. And then um, I ended up playing that game and uh, doing fine. There was no fighting or anything, but whatever. Got uh, got put on his list. He phoned me that day, that night, said, hey, we're putting you on our list. I was like, what? So I was working a nine-to-five job playing senior hockey. I'd never thought I was ever going to play any sort of junior hockey. And then I'd go home after a game on a Sunday night, find out... Um, um, put on Melville million, Millionaire's list for next season. So that was kind of uh, surprising. And uh, that summer, I you know, kind of started working out a little bit. Uh, I didn't, wasn't very familiar with that type of hockey at all um, at that point. And 
kind of got in shape and went to camp. Had a bunch of fights in training camp and ended up sticking around. The team wasn't very good that year, and we, uh, yeah, ended up making the team out of camp and eventually finished that year 400 penalty minutes, and I was 300 behind the leader, Cal Control. So it was a, uh, it was a, uh, it was an interesting year, but it was a uh, very strange. It happened, took forever to happen, and then it happened all really, really quick. Well, it's well. Speaking of strange, you're, you know what? You're, like I just kind of go through your career. I mean, you, you definitely took the road less traveled uh, throughout your career, from junior even through the pro ranks, and and to. Um, yeah, and it's just a bizarre, to, and you know, and to think you know you played a hundred and some NHL games, and here you are getting scouted in senior at like eighteen. It's kind of like it's pretty wild. Um, well, obviously, like we we were talking earlier, of course, uh, you know Lee, you know, obviously did did some fighting in Yorkton and stuff. The older brother and and Ed Sheldon, yeah. the young the youngest one, uh, is known to throw. You guys must have had some interesting uh, <laughs> family road hockey games. It must have been uh, that last slice of pizza at the table. People would be losing arms yeah, well, in that battle. Yeah, there there was a lot of uh, a lot of fighting and wrestling. But Lee's five and a half years older than me. And he went away to play hockey. He was the opposite of, of myself and even Sheldon a little bit. He he was fully matured in grade eight. And he was one of the better players probably in in the Saskatchewan area at, at in in Pee Wee. So he was gone all the time. So we didn't really see him much for a while. He played AAA midget. He was gone. He used to play junior for three years. He was gone. And then Sheldon and I are three years apart. So there's lots of fighting there. But um, yeah, you know, Sheldon was on the receiving end of a lot of that, being three years younger. But you know, that's what made him. As tough as he was, but yeah. Uh, as, for, as far as as far as Lee, he he he, did, he showed us how to be tough on the ice more than he did uh, uh, in the basement. That's for sure. Yeah, and like I was gonna say, like so, you you go into Melville camp. Like, was there any like did you have sort of any doubt of what your role was? Like, were you very were you comfortable with the fighting, or was that sort of um, like like all right, well, if I'm gonna make it, I'm big and may as well do that. Yeah. Well, first of all, I just I, I wasn't that of a hockey player, you know, so I was just battling to, uh, every every shift I had to try my hardest just to, you know, just to play defense and all that sort of thing. You know, I was still a, still a developing kid at that point. I was a little bit younger than, you know, I was, physically I was still not a very uh, a big kid, but uh, other than being six foot four, I just really wasn't that well put together. But anyways, I got to camp. I didn't, wouldn't say I had a game plan, but everything just started happening. The first, the first day I fought the captain, he came right after me. I don't know why. Maybe because I was just big and and I pushed somebody the wrong way. But he came after me. And then after that, everyone kind of just kept coming after me. Every time, every time I was out there, I must have did something to piss everybody off. But there was one fight after another. And I think I had two fights in each of the two, first two or three sessions. And I guess yeah, I guess that's, that's what I'm doing. And, and it, not not that it was a surprise. And like I said, like I said, I watched my brother Lee, and he really. Uh, he really showed us how to be tough and how to not take any crap from anybody on the ice. And so it was definitely something that was in me. And then once it started going, it just never stopped. Yeah, well, like you said, you you know, you're, the first season there, you play 62 games and four, 412 minutes, so it was a heck of a rookie year. But like you said, that's the funny thing, folks. For, for, guy picks up 412 minutes, he's second in the league in minutes. That's that's the funny part. It's Calvin Crow, did, did you hit 723? <laughs> Come on, what are we doing here? Did you have any run-ins uh, with Crow? Uh, no, we only played one. I think I only played one game against him. He was suspended the other game. 
Yeah. They play those North Division teams once. And yeah. he ended up taking, and I'm not going to lie, I wasn't like chomping at the bit to go to go square off them, but I was going to definitely thought it was going to happen. But he ended up getting a 10 minute misconduct in the second period and then took a game misconduct, you know, arguing that, that call and got kicked out. So it never happened. But my, my funny Calvin Crow story from that year is um, the day before they're playing us, and we played them on a Saturday night, on a Sunday night. Or sorry, the day we played them was a Friday, and the next night they go to LeBret's court. So I'm sitting down there by the place. We get home after practice, and I woke up from a nap or something. I was like, oh, I'm going to turn the radio on. You know, it's the old days. To turn on GX94. Yep. I wanted to see, if, see what happens with uh, Calvin Crow and LeBret, because LeBret had John Hewitt. And I was like, this is like, if there's anything more guaranteed in life, it's that these two are going to fight. So I turn on the radio, and it's uh, Terry Struthers, and he's right off the bat. He's like, well, folks, the fireworks happened in warm-ups. And I was laughing my ass off. And they got and Calvin Crow and John Hewitt couldn't even wait for the puck to drop or, or for the game to start. They got a fight in warm-ups, and uh, never even really happened. But it's just, that, that was my Calvin Crow story and John Hewitt story for that SHL season. It was a pretty, pretty funny pretty funny time oh yeah well it was jungle a yeah. for a reason right and um just uh <laughs> you throw some yeah like you said hewitt's in labret um charlie kashane's in new Bre- in labret yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, he was pretty scary yeah well just kind of some of the name you know you had uh, zimmer and melfort and Derek ernest and minot uh, rob boleski at notre dame uh richard peacock who would come to yeah. uh, your paths would cross again? Uh, Paul McIver, um, yeah. What are your? Do you have any uh, any, any uh, memories of kind of your first year at any? Ba- did you did you fight Hewitt at all? Uh yeah, I definitely fought John a few times because he was a little brat weight. I couldn't uh, I couldn't dodge that fight. We played them ten times or something like that, so I was always having to deal with John Hewitt. But we had a couple of good fights for sure. Um, and he would have been the uh, one of the tougher guys. And it, like, I really didn't know the SHL at all at that point. Um, I came in there, and all the vets told me all about all the guys in the league. And as they were telling me about him, I'd fight him. And I said, oh, that wasn't so bad. That guy was, you know, not easy. But I did well, did well again. And I was sitting there, like, okay, now this is the toughest guy, John Hewitt. They, kept, they gave me a real good uh, scouting report on him and warned me. And uh, definitely had a couple good ones with John Hewitt. Yeah, um... That well, that year in Melville, your first Chris Schultz was on the team with you too, wasn't he? Yeah, he got traded to us. Yeah, uh, like near the deadline. Yeah, big Schultz. Yeah, yeah, we we played against each other later in the Central League. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so yeah, like you said, you, I mean, you could go through the list, and of course, well, and that's the other thing. Like you said, you, there was back then. Of course, there's no. Well, there really isn't even barely an internet. There's certainly no YouTube, so there's not like there's any video on any of these guys. So it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty much word of mouth. Yeah, it was all uh, just if this guy's a lefty or not. It's all yep. I really need to know if that guy's a lefty. Because if that guy was a lefty, then I would go left with them. Because I didn't like really exchanging left and rights like some guys do. I'd go lefty if the guy's a righty. I'd go righty. I always kind of that was my game plan. Even right through right through my pro career, I didn't never did like exchanging. Left and right, but uh, yeah, back then that's really all you had. Yeah, this guy's lefty. Other other than that, you don't know anything about him. No, and gear off, yeah. right? No tie downs. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there was no tie downs. <laughs> no, that part. We were we were perfecting the Rob Ray rule for sure. The Abs- Rob Ray style. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and then the the yeah. fall your following year, uh, 
56 games, 330 minutes. So again, uh, you're still rolling. Uh, this is where I first, uh, became aware of you because uh, of course my brother yeah. played w- played with you there in Melville as a rookie and uh, and yeah so I mean again the league is just stacked you know Leon Delorme Sean Skihar Josh Dobbin Graham Schlender Legault Banich I mean the list just goes yeah. on and on in that league yeah there's some, some, some tough guys there uh, Legault was down from the dub I believe the 20 year old and he was one of, one of the tougher guys we had to play him all the time so yeah um, and I ended up uh, meeting up with him in Houston Arrows camp a couple of years later. He's a real good guy, but we had uh, definitely had some really, really bad run-ins on the ice. <laughs> Me and uh, Sean Legault. Yeah. Did um. Yeah. Did you, well, and then of course with the Melville Yorkton rivalry being so strong, um, did you ever have any run-ins with Skihar? Yeah. Um, I think I only fought him once, but I definitely fought him. Fought him once, but uh, I forget. We always had we always had a bunch of other guys. We may had other guys too. I think I fought Zimmer a few times. Yep. Um, but yeah, that Yorkton Melville rivalry was always fun. Watching that as a kid when Lee was playing there, it was a ton of ton of fun. Still, some of the best hockey memories of my life is watching those games as a as a kid. All the you know the uh, the intense rivalry was great. And then when I was playing in it, it's uh, just funny just to let people know how silly things. Can get in one exhibition game we had there, uh, a five-four overtime game. There was 20, thirteen fights, twenty-six fighting majors in it, and that's that's you know, the league where you get kicked out after every after every fight. So it wasn't even like there was line brawls. It was one fight after another in a five-four overtime game. It's just like that's just the, how weird, wacky that rivalry was. That the guys really didn't give a give a shit about didn't give a shit about the pocket times, especially in exhibition back in jungle A, as you call it. Oh yeah, no, I I was I was in Melville to witness a few of those games, and uh, yeah, I saw Yorkton game, and it was uh, it it was intense in the crowd. The locals were getting antsy, and it was uh, it was quite the scene. It was I was just like yeah. being from Saskatoon and going down to Melville and watching this. I was like, what? Where the hell am I? What is what's going on here? Yeah, it was uh, yeah. A, a different time for sure. Um, well, but you put up some decent points. You had thirty some points in your second year there as a twenty year old in in the SJ. Um, my brother wanted to know was your it was your plus minus uh, was so bad? Was that a result of Sean Wyman? <laughs> yes, it was totally. Yeah. Sean Wyman, if, if, if Sean Wyman just got a, a point or a half a point for every time he said, "Oh, I should have went in," you know, he would have he would have a hundred points. Oh, I, I should have went in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wynkett. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, he was a fourth forward out there, from what I've been told. Yeah, yeah, big time, big time. <laughs> I was by myself. I just stood back there and played defense. It was great. I, he, he, I got the puck. I just threw it over to him. Magically, <laughs> didn't happen. There you go. Uh, well, that 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 same year there, in your in your final year in um, in Melville, uh, once the junior season wound up, uh, wrapped up, you find yourself in all places, Anchorage. Playing for the Aces in the yeah. West in the West Coast Hockey League. How did that all come about? Uh, it was another surprise. Uh, I was planning on just going playing U of S in the, in the fall, going to school in the University of Saskatchewan, playing there, and then right at the end of the year, we made the playoffs, and Yorkton Terriers didn't make the playoffs, and Shane Zimmer went up to uh, went up to this team in Alaska, Walt Pedubney, uh, the late Walt Pedubney, rest in peace. 
uh, he was coaching at the time. And I don't know how Shane ended up there, but he did. And then they had a, a defenseman get hurt while Shane was up there or after he was up there for a week or two. And uh, he talked to Alfred up and he said, hey, there's a guy in our league, a defenseman, this big, tough D-man. Uh, he could, you know, he could maybe come here and play. And they, he gave him my number. And just like that, they called me. And like two or three days later, I was getting on an airplane for the first time in my life, flying up to Alaska. Well, what were your first impressions of Alaska? Well, you played the following year in Alaska, so just in general, how how was it playing there, and uh, and and did you enjoy it, and uh, what was that all like? Well, I, yeah, it was really cool. I've never i've i've been i never been anywhere really in my life. You know, I've been to Calgary, Edmonton a few times, but really haven't been outside of Saskatchewan much. So it was pretty cool. Um, it was cool being in the mountains. The uh, the rink there was pretty cool. It was kind of it was very cool playing pro hockey. Um, you know, it was less cool that the very first the very first actually the night before I get there, Shane Zimmer uh, takes me to one of the other uh, tough guys, Jason Gibson. We had in his room or at his place where he stands, and uh, he was telling me he was hurt. That's the kind of reason I was there, and he was hurt. We're telling me we're playing San Diego the next day, Friday or Saturday, and Jason Schmier is on the team. Wagner's not playing. Chad Wagner is one of the best enforcers of all time. He's not playing. Um, but Schmier's playing, and he's probably going to want to fight you. I'm like, what? Like, I just landed I just landed an hour ago, and you already, I already got this Jason Schmier guy who's going to be fighting me. So that was, that, all, all jokes aside, that was just, you know, that was just my introduction to Alaska and the Aces and all that. But I had a lot of fun, a lot of fun up there. Yeah, well, and uh, and like you said, so you you, you, you hop right in and you you're, yeah, you're battling Jason Schmier. I mean, a legendary enforcer. That guy played everywhere. And then, of course, you end up in the, you yeah. know, you play a few playoff games with him and you end up fighting Lee Fanks, too, and Jamie Butt. And, uh, and, uh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the Lee Fanks, too. He played in the SJ a year before me. I think he's a year, a couple years older than me. And I heard about him there in that league. He was really tough. And then, the Jason Gibson guy, my teammate in Alaska, he told me, he was like, "Oh, that's one guy I couldn't. Yeah, I really had trouble with this year. Was, was thanks to he's just six foot five and really big and real tough. So I was prepared. And actually, that was Jason uh, Gibby there. He had a whole bunch of tapes. He had a bunch of videos on guys too. So uh, I was able to watch videos of a lot of these guys before I saw them. Watched those league, which you know, pretty pretty handy for me. I was a very technical fighter. I was somebody who just sat back and let her eat. You know, so uh, yeah, I ended up fighting thanks to had a really good fight with him. And that was that was actually one of the one of the times where I really and actually after after the Schmier fights too, I really thought, geez, maybe I can fight at this level. I, I really didn't think I was going to be that tough, but or to hang with those guys. So those were two fights where I really things really turned turned for me. Well, absolutely. So so that season wraps up. So now you've got the you know the confidence that you can uh, you know hang in at the pro level, at least at the West Coast level for sure. Um, yeah. yeah. The following year, so kind of basically your full first year as like 21 years old, um, 98-99, like I said, you go back to Anchorage. Did you go to a pro camp before that, though? Were you at an IHL camp before that, or did you go right to Anchorage? I went to, the following year, I went to the Houston Arrows IHL camp, and we'll have to get into that, but... Yeah, because um, that's a that's an interesting one. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, here we are. Yeah. So you're twenty. You're so at that point you're twenty one, and you're going to uh, 
the Houston Arrows, I and the IHL. That was a that's a big time league yeah. back then. I mean, it's you know AHL, IHL, yeah. NHL. You know, it's like it's right there. So yeah. Uh, but, so, but, but but before we go there, we have to go back to the West Coast League real quick. Sure. Uh, because I finished playoffs and I went the whole whole next season. I played in Alaska, and that's when Peacock showed up. And oh, okay, so. Yeah, so yeah, you had, we had a bench for all of, we had a bench for all of the Trubojevich, Spear, and Mayotte. So yeah, and then then the next season I I went to IHL uh, to the Houston Eagles camp before I went to Oak City. Okay, okay. So, so I didn't know if it was okay. I'm getting my year. Yeah, I, we're yeah, getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Okay, so ninety eight, ninety nine. You go back to Anchorage. Fifty six games. Yeah. 300, 300 minutes. Um, yeah, and uh, there yeah, a few characters on the team that year. Um, like you said, do. Yeah. Uh, well, well, Richard Peacock uh, being one of them. Yeah, well, first of all, uh, Shane, me and my buddy Shane Zimmer were going back there together, and he was, like, one of my best buddies at the time. Um, rest in peace, another, another guy. But uh, yeah. Shane Zimmer, he, he, is a, he was a great guy. We were going back there for to play that year together, and he got hurt kind of early in the year. And... Um, which really stunk, because he, he had to go home, and he had to get knee surgery or something like that. But then one day... I get a phone call. I get a phone call from our coach saying, hey, uh, wait, what do you think of uh, Richard Peacock? And just two or three days before that, I talked to my dad at the phone, who's still coaching the Belleville Millionaires. Yeah. And, he's like, and he's like, oh, you'll never believe what Peacock did the other day. <laughs> playing for, Peacock's playing for the Terriers. And I guess Dave Shields, one of the uh, biggest rats in hockey, is playing uh, with the Millionaires. <laughs> he's stirring the pot one game, and as he's skating off the ice out, uh, after a fight, all the stuff, half off his uh, hanging, all of his gear hanging off him. Richard Peacock's waiting for him in the hallway and get, uh, laid a beat on him, and then he got kicked out of the SJHL. So I'm like, oh my gosh, what a what a what a meathead, you know? I'm just, uh, I, and I was kind of pissed because Shields was one of my buddies, and I was really not happy. And then two days later, I have the coach waking me up at nine in the morning, asking me, "Hey, what do you what do you think about Richard Peacock?" And I really don't think I said gave him a very good review. I think I said. No, I'd rather you not. You know, I was sticking with my heart. And then he's like, well, whatever, we're bringing him in. This flight lands at three. Go pick him up at the airport. So we're like, oh, all right, here we go. Me and Richard Peacock. And he ended up being a real good guy. We were really good friends and all that. But what a character. Holy moly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that sh- that yeah, the under the under the stands there with shields. I yeah, I remember that story. That was uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, well, shields, you know, shields will do that to a guy, but that's just also that that was what Peacock was like at that time. He was just a, you know, he was always flying off the deep end, doing something crazy, always hearing about this and that. But anyways, ended up being his teammate. Well, and uh, yeah. Well, like you said, we, uh, before we get to the Bayot thing, um, yeah, a few, um, there, I, well, a few of the characters you gotta, we kind of gotta talk about here in terms of, uh, in the, uh, in the West Coast League at the time. You had mentioned him, and I know you fought him a couple times, was Wagner. How'd those fights go with yeah, Wagner? Oh, yeah, yeah, Wagner. Uh, uh, good. I think I just fought him, I think I just fought him once that year. I ended up playing him in the Central League, too, when we, the next year, the leagues crossed over and played games. But yeah, Wagner. Uh, he just—he was so he was. That's my first introduction to pro hockey, and then like the pro hockey tough guys, and like he was the most extreme 
meathead tough guy that I ever ended up playing against. And I saw a whole bunch of them. And he just was, he was one of my favorites of all time. Because he just, you know, he didn't care about anything but other fighting or pissing people off. Um, he was pretty tough, too. I don't, I don't think he was the toughest guy in the league, but he was definitely very, very tough. I know I didn't beat him. I didn't, I didn't uh, beat him up, that's for sure. But, like, some of my memories of him is all warm up, you know, just taunting me, breathing down my neck, basically all warm up. We're walking into the rink one time. This, this, this was actually really funny. Walking into the rink, and the other team's taping their stick. You know, you have to walk by them sometimes. And yeah. uh, I just hear hear a yell, hey, fuck, back. I look back, he's like, three times today? <laughs> like, fuck no, like, fuck off. <laughs> and it's just him, he just, that's all he wanted to do was just fight, fight, fight. He was just, he was just a complete sideshow. It was great. <laughs> so great. Um, him and there's like other guys in that league who wasn't a uh, sideshow, but was very scary. Uh, Greg Spenrath. Yeah. Was pretty, he, was a, he was a pretty scary guy for a young 20-year-old rookie like myself. <laughs> How about how about Chad Richard? Oh, Chad Richard, yeah, he was also so all the guys in Alaska knew him because he's from Alaska and he played with the Aces. Um, so yeah, they were always talking about him, and he was very scary six foot six foot six, however big he was, one of the biggest heads in hockey. Um, but, and then I fought him actually with the center ice limit in Tacoma after he was playing, and had a really good one with him, hung in there. Wouldn't say I beat him, but I think I got the best of him. But uh, yeah, he was a, he was a tough, tough, scary dude. Yes, he was. Um, well, you, you referenced it earlier, and of course, if as we're talking here, if anybody's uh, wants to see the incident, if you go to my YouTube channel, um, Dean Trebojevic, uh, your defense partner, uh, spears yeah. or attempts to spear Jacques Mayotte in the face. And it looks really brutal. I think it looked worse than it was, but uh, it looks brutal. And that, of course, he got charged with assault, and it, it made like national news. And uh, I have the clip on my channel. But uh, I know there's a bit of a story kind of leading up to that whole deal. And um, yeah, here, how about you walk us through yeah. that incident? Uh, so the uh, it might have been the right around right after New Year's. I I, I don't know if the dates really matter, but I think it was. Only a couple of weeks previous, we we uh, played them in in Alaska in Anchorage, and they had the toughest team all all year. They had Mayotte, and Rath. They had two. I remember they had five legit heavyweights in the team, plus a couple of rats. So they were always a, a handful. Um, but we played this game; it was getting out of hand. And Trebojevic went to a run at Mayotte. He went to hit him, and um, Mayotte just stuck his stick up and crushed him right in the mouth. Knocked out a whole, 21 stitches, knocked out a bunch of his teeth and all that. So, Trevojevich was really mad. And he went up to the room and he was getting zippered up and all that. And then he's, he, and he was my D partner and he was kind of like the old veteran and that, uh, my old veteran D partner. He was kind of a tough guy too. So he was, you know, I kind of went out of my way to, to go after Mayotte after a couple shifts later. And Mayotte was doing the old pretend he couldn't hear me, pretend he couldn't hear me. You know, and this he was just playing the role because Mayotte's tough as they're tough as they come. You know, it's not that he was scared to fight; he just was just you know, yep. you know, just going along with the whole charade. And pretty couldn't hear me, couldn't hear me. So I finally give him a shot, and he just go, I drop my gloves, and he goes down turtles. And then the linesman kind of come in; they kind of grab me, and linesman kind of just let loose as he just pokes his head up, and I, I and I was standing up at the time, and I like lunged down for one four big, like it was a huge sucker punch, just as he poked his head up. 
and I hit him right in the jaw, and he went down. He was pretty much out, and anyways, by the time we got back to the bench, he was kind of unconscious. But he was he was uh, not in a good place. I got kicked out, um, but later, oh, sure, I didn't even get kicked out. I think I just got a ten minute misconduct. Because later in the game, with ten seconds left, Peacock, this is where he comes in to make even puts another little bit more wood on the fire. Uh, 10 seconds left, some guy makes a line change for some reason on our team. Peacock goes out. Just as our line change is being made, we're the far far bench. This young young Finnish players uh, on the Fresno team is circling behind the net, wheeling the net, and Peacock just gets on the ice and skates straight for him. And, this, and it's just perfect timing. Just, Peacock doesn't stop skating, and just this guy gets around the net and takes a couple strides up the ice, Peacock just drills him. And just hits him like the head. But I'm assuming it was head on or shoulder on head. You know, nowadays they'd be up in arms. But they would actually back then they were up in arms. He just drilled this kid. This kid's completely laid out, not even moving, just like sliding on the ice. Like he still his momentum, still sliding up the ice. Peacock turns around, just drops gloves, <laughs> and a couple guys come in there, and they're mad. Nobody could really get at him. So there's that to add on to this to this game. So. A couple weeks later, we go to Fresno, and Turboyevich the whole time is like, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill Mayon. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. Ah. He's just like, wants to kill him. I'm, I'm thinking, oh, great. That's good, because I think Mayon's going to want to kill me. So I was I, I was actually fine with this. I was hoping Turbo would fight him. And then the uh, Peacock thing, was, we didn't know what was going to happen, but we know he was going to have to pay the piper, because he ran he ran that, that kid into the next, next year. So anyways, before the game, the commissioner actually comes into our uh, comes into our room. Like I just met with the other team, and we met the coaches, and we all agreed. You know, things usually just you know there's a lot of animosity here, but things usually just boil over, and there's nothing nothing usually happens. You know, nothing to see here. You guys don't don't do anything silly. Like all right, geez. so I'm I'm a young kid, and I'm not like I'm honestly I'm a little bit scared because like I said, they are really tough, and I knew that Mayot was going to want to kill me, and my. And I don't even get out there for Mayotte's wait for me at red line. You're fucking dead, kid. I'm going to fucking kick you on the fucking cheap shot. He's just fucking motherfucking me. So I'm like, oh, God. And then Turbo gets over there. And I'm going to kill you, Mayotte. So I was like, oh, great. Yeah, Turbo, go, you know, take care of that. That'd be great. <laughs> uh, anyways, <laughs> anyways, game starts. And Turbo Avis goes after Mayotte. Nothing happens. Mayotte doesn't, doesn't, just ignores him, just ignores him. And actually, what you don't really see on that clip is like Tur- Turbo whacks him over the shoulder, kind of first with a stick, and that's how he gets down to his knees. And then he spears him right in the face. And then it was just, the benches, benches was cleared. And uh, it wasn't the most crazy brawl, but I know it's kind of funny right off the bat. Uh, I got t- tangled up with a player and one of their goalies, and I was giving the goalie a couple of shots, nothing, not doing too much, just kind of surveying the whole situation and the, the ref came come, comes and grabs me and just takes me right down to the far end of the ice where the uh where our door is and like and he's take going to take me out and put me get me off the ice and i'm not really fighting it much i'm like what's going on and all of a sudden i see may out coming he's like just some at the door i just like i have one foot out the door maybe even two but the door's not closed he's about 20 30 feet away from me and the whole rest of the brawl is at the other end of this rink <laughs> and he's like, "Come on, kid, let's fucking go." <laughs> I'm sorry to say, all you fight fans, but I I did not take that fight. <laughs> it was a, <laughs> I, I fought earlier in the year, you know. So I'm not I just like it's. Uh, so not that I was completely I was that scared of him, but 
in a no-holds-barred fight, uh, no refs. You know, there's no refs. It's a completely different game. You know, I was still a, what, uh, <coughs> a young 21-year-old, and he was a grizzled veteran. Uh, I just remember thinking, yeah, yeah, I think all it would have taken me was for me to open the door and go back out, and I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to uh, uh, decline that one. Sorry, sorry, Jacques. Yeah, we'll, we'll call it a night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't let the I didn't let the mailman deliver that night. No, but the mailman <laughs> delivered many nights, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was an animal. He was an animal. Well, before we before we leave uh, uh, Anchorage, um, I I noticed that I think I well, it would have been your rookie year, or was it that year? No, it was the rookie year. Uh, you played with LaForge, right, Mark LaForge? Oh yes, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Was he? Well, and I mean, everybody uh, who's listening to this podcast has probably watched that Tough Guys documentary that's that was going around at the time. Or it was on it's on YouTube. Um, Laforge yeah. Laforge comes across really bitter in the documentary. Was he? Uh, was he as uh, bitter in Anchorage when you were there? You, yeah, he, he was kind of anti anti at the fighting, not anti-fighting, but it's anti-role, like anti-enforcer role at that time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even at that time, he was telling me about, you know, make sure you don't get pigeonholed into that role, this and that, and all that. Um, you know, he was a good guy. I really got along from great. He was a real funny guy, but he definitely had some uh, bitterness towards fighting, for sure. Yeah. No, I just I, I yeah. just saw his name, and it was, uh, it was, well, and another name that was in Anchorage, but I think he was, was Link. Link was in Anchorage, but yeah, I think well, no, yeah, he wasn't there when I was there. He was there. He was there the the year I went up after uh, SHL playoffs. He was there earlier in the year and maybe the year before that. But there were stories for days about Link Gates, <laughs> yeah. obviously. Yeah, obviously. yeah. <laughs> did you uh, did you do you ever cross paths with Link ever? No, never. I've never seen the man. Never. No. Nope. But I could imagine, yeah, I'm sure there's a few places there in Anchorage that are still still talking about Link. But uh oh, I can't. yeah. Yeah. Well, well, like you said, the the following year after that, um you're in Houston in the IHL, uh at Houston camp. Um how did that go? And I know you have an interesting story about uh about camp there. Um yeah, it was uh I was a late add to camp. The the Oklahoma City coach Doug Sauter great Doug Sauter got me a tryout there like, as, a, as a perk type of thing to to sign in Oklahoma City. So I go there, and I'm a late ad, like I said, and I get there to the uh, to the hotel the night before camp, and I see Sean Legault, and I had to, I had run-ins with him from the SJ the year before. Like I said, we didn't get along on the ice at all. And um, I see him, and he's like, oh, you know, we're talking, everything's good. He's like, well, this camp is going to be a bloodbath. Have you seen all the guys that are here? And I was like, uh, no, I just got here. Like, I really don't know anything about those tough guys. He's like, all right, all right, here we go. So go, go up to my room, get some rest, uh, wake up the next morning, and go uh, go down to the rink. I still haven't seen the teams. And I just go see the teams, because there's only two teams, and we're just going to do like a 20-minute warm-up, and we're going to go out and play against each other. So I go look at the teams, and I see all these tough guys that I saw the day before, and all these tough guys, tough guys. I'm like, Okay, sure, they're all like, everybody's on the same team. I'm like, surely I'll be on that team, right? I'm like, fuck. So there's like all these other tough guys, and I look in the team B, 
there's Brooke Bank. It's like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, all the tough guys on that team and being on the other team. So I was like, oh, maybe there's going to be no fighting. You know, I was like, it's like what, what, why would they do that? Just try, just being naive. And the first, first shift or first session, I had four fights, maybe five. I forget what it was. It was just crazy. Greg Walters was the first one. He was a very intimidating guy, 6'1", 225, 230 pounds, just jack. And he was the first fight. Then I fought Mark Major a couple times, and then somebody else. And then at the end, I counted off right at the buzzer. Sean Legault came and just seeked me out and fought him, and then I finally got revenge on him. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> well, but, so... Uh, so and then, and then, so yeah, like I said, there was this two, two twenty, two thirty-minute halves or two twenty-minute halves, and all, all these, fight, all these fights. It was just uh, obviously got, it was a little too carried away, but it was, it was. They just kept coming after me. Greg Walters came way up to me, right off the bat, gave me a flash, and you want to go? And I was like, oh, I guess so. And then a couple of shifts later, I go to pinch down and Mark Major. He's on the wall. I just slightly hit him. He just drops stuff and smacks me. And then we have a fight. And then I'm pissed off because he suckered me. So as soon as they dealt the puck, I fight him again. And then later in the game, I have a someone else comes out and he wants to fight because he's trying to prove himself. And then at the very end of the game, Sean Legault comes over and wants to prove himself. So it was just, it was, you know, I just was, I didn't know how to turn down fights at that point in my career. And uh, unless it was Jacques Mayotte in a back alley. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I still get off the ice and Ron Lowe is the coach and he's like, wait for me. He's like, hey, come here. Good job. But this isn't fucking WWF. No more fighting. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sounds good. But he, he ended up keeping me around way longer than he, he thought he probably would have, or I definitely thought I was going to. I stayed right up until the season started. And then I went down to uh, to uh, Oak, Oak City for the season. Played for Dougie. Well, I think that's sort of a rite of passage for everybody that's from Saskatchewan and played in the SJ. You got to go play for Oklahoma and play for Sauter. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. we we won the league though when you were thirteen guys, I think, or something like that, who had SHL ties. You played in the SJ. Yeah, it was, it was beautiful. It was a lot of fun. No, absolutely. Well, yeah, your first year there. Well, what did you think in general of Oklahoma, Oak City? Uh, yeah, I didn't didn't know what what to expect. First, as soon as I get there, um, Doug picks me up. He's just a real real. He's a hard coach, but he's a real nice guy. But he picks me up and he gives me uh, gives me a vehicle, um, and we go to I go me and take a couple guys to uh, the Oklahoma State Fair because that's the time of the year was. So this is all like just right after landing. And one of the first things I see is just some old hillbilly. As soon as I'm walking into the state, there's a couple of hillbillies just chewing on big turkey legs, dripping, dripping barbecue sauce everywhere, country music blasting. I was like, oh, well, I guess this is Oak City. But it was much more than that. That was just my very first impression of Oak City. It was kind of funny. But um, good place to play hockey back then. Tons of bands and weird good teams. So it was, it was a lot of fun in Oak City. Well, I guess it just yeah, just looking at the roster there, you had a, in your first first year there. I mean, three hundred and fifty minutes and uh, sixty eight games, but you had uh, Charlie LZ was there, Marco Cefalo, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. you know, uh, but Charlie Lizzi, he was a beauty, one of my one of my best friends in hockey back then. Good there guy. you go, Marco. Marco, I, I still keep in touch with Marco to this day. Yeah, he was good, good guy, real tough, real tough. Tough Italian guy. I always told the guys like he just uh, 
he, he never he I got I don't think he might have lost a couple of decisions when I saw him over those two years maybe one or two but I tell all, all the boys in the team make fun of Marco he, he never lost a fight just because he he couldn't not stand to tell everyone that he won the fight you know he just had to he just liked talking about fights and how how good he does the fights so whenever he's losing a fight he just deep down he just some somehow some some way find a way to come back and make the fight a, a fight. He just was really, really, really tough, that guy. I don't know how he was in the WHL, but I'm telling you, he was a, he was a pretty scary dude in the Central League. Yeah, well, I mean, he, uh, yeah, well, I know he was, he was real tough in the SJ. Like, I, I was always surprised after seeing him in the SJ and, like, you know, 200 minutes, like 40 goals and stuff. I was always just, like, really surprised yeah. he, did, he didn't stick around the dub more, like, for longer. Yeah. 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 But... But, uh, well, another guy that was on the team, well, that was your second year, was uh, uh, Tyler Fleck and Josh Dobbin. Yeah, Josh Dobbin came for a, uh, he was there for a bit. And he was, I knew of Josh Dobbin, uh, you know, as a fan, you know, like I said, I my career kind of started started uh, late and happened real quick. But before that, I was a huge fan. So, like, I, was, I knew Josh Dobbin from the time of the Pats. Yep. Um, you know, I probably went and watched him a couple of games. So I knew all about Josh Jobs. It was kind of funny seeing him, you know, showing up there, playing, <clears throat> you know, fighting everyone. And then, you know, at that point, at pro hockey, he was a, he was real, 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 real tough guy, but he couldn't fight the toughest guys at pro hockey because he just didn't have size. You know, he didn't, he just wasn't, it, it was different seeing him not be like a, an elite heavyweight anymore. He was just kind of like a, a you know, a light heavyweight or big, big, big middleweight at, at pro hockey. But good guy, real funny guy, that's for sure. No, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, well, I mean, you had, uh, you know, that, that first year in the Central, I mean, it was, uh, man, I was just, I'm looking at your fight card here. And, I mean, like, I think you fought Curtis Voth like six times. Well, yeah, he was he was the main villain in, uh, in Oak City. So right off the bat, you see, and he was another guy I knew all about from where he was in Melville a couple of years before me. So guys always talk about his fighting style. They always talk about how he fought. So it was just kind of funny. I knew a lot about him, but he didn't know anything about me coming in there. And um, his whole style was he just hangs back. He just lets he just hangs that right arm back, hangs, lets it hang back there. Lets you get comfy throwing punches, and he just comes in, comes over the top and he drills you. And I guess he smashed a couple orbital bones and guys in Oak City the year before. So they were really, you know, there was just, trust me, everyone just thought he was the meanest, toughest of all tough guys. And so I, and I, and I knew him. I, I had, I've had beers with a guy years before, you know, I definitely met him and know him. And, but once we got on the ice, it was pushed him to shove, we were going. And as soon as we started going, it was just that same thing. He just kept that high hand back, but I just never stopped. I never, like, I'd use my reach. I just kept going, 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 going. I never let him, let, wouldn't even let him come up for a, for a punch, so I just kind of overwhelmed him, and and never, never. I'm not going to say I never that it was easy, but I never had an issue fighting with him. So it was kind of a kind of won the fans over in Oak City in a hurry. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. a, na- a name two fights, two two fights Christmas Day too. Well, maybe I thought Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, another name that's on here is legendary enforcer. And this must have been wild fighting this guy because I guarantee you watch video on him and he's on the rock of sock oh, yeah. fighting Probert was Cox, yeah. Craig yeah. Cox in San Antonio. How did that fight go? Yeah. 
So that was that was hilarious too because uh, we were. I got to score my first pro goal that game. I did not score a goal the whole year, the whole goal the year. I did not score a goal the whole season before in uh, Anchorage. So I scored a goal that game. I was obviously feeling good about myself. <laughs> the game was kind of a rout. It would be like it was six one by the time I fought him. But he came and just kind of finished the check, kind of just nice and easy on me, nothing, nothing hard, and just being young and dumb. And this is how so many of my fights started. Someone would just give me a hit, hit like that, and if it was a tough guy, I always thought they were just going to be disrespectful. I don't know what or why I do it, but then I would just would slash him. I would just give him a stick back, like, just let him know that I didn't like it. And I, the minute I did it, the second, sorry, the second I did, I'm like, oh, why did you do that? Cox just turned around, didn't say a word, just backed up and dropped his shit. I was like, all right, here we go. And he was right in front of our benches, and I'm like, I'm sure, and I'm thinking to myself, like you said, this guy is a legend, and I'm screwing off with Craig Cox. And what the hell am I doing? But it ended up being a really good fight. Um, yeah, no, I did really, did really well. Definitely didn't win. Not saying that, but had a very good fight with them. That's for sure. Yeah, that'd be. Uh, I'm trying to think who I had on the show. Yeah, and they ended up fighting Cox too, and they were just like, you go like the whole time it's going through his head. Man, I used to watch this guy on like Rock'em Sock'em videos, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was, yeah, that was definitely my most interesting fight at, at that point. I was, I was pretty, pretty excited about that. Well, one of the names that does come up here, he played Memphis and uh really big dude. He would have just been starting out at this time was Varhog. Mike Varhog. I know you fought him. Yeah. How'd I that did c- fight Varhog. Um yeah, he's uh he was I I'd heard about him too before. Was he did he play in the dub? Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, so I I definitely knew of him before, but I didn't know. I never fought anybody that big before at that point. Um and that was one thing like I, the one thing I, I mean, anybody does, but some guys are better than others. I, I always struggle with guys bigger than me. It's just, I could fight guys who are way tougher than me, but if they're six feet tall or six one or six two, five that reach advantage, I can do really well. But if, if I fight anybody, you know, quite a bit taller than me, it's always a struggle. But, uh, that was the year in Oak City. I was doing really well in all my fights. I wasn't really, you know, wasn't having much trouble with anybody, and I fought him, and I did not had a very good fight with him. I just remember I took one for sure, but got him with a couple. Um, but like I said, he was, like you said, he was just starting out, and I think, uh, you know, I, I've seen some of his fights in the Quebec League. He definitely wasn't that level fighter when I was when I was fighting him. No, That's he's, for sure. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of, at that point, I think he's kind of one of those, uh, what do you call it, kind of a puppy with big paws at that point, I think. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he just kind of he just he he just like in our fight he just kind of landed one just kind of lucky just because he was so big he didn't really didn't really have a choice but to land the punch. So yeah, it's like he that's a good way to put it. Well, before we leave here, I know uh, one of the names I got to ask you because you fought him three times. He's an old SJ guy and actually a hell of a talent. Put up some sweet numbers in the minors. Converse, Trevor Converse. Oh yeah, for sure. Because um, he was really really scary. Really, really tough. Um, he was in the SHL as a twenty-year-old, maybe my brother in Lee's first year in the league. Mm-hmm. And he was—he had a pretty nasty rep in the SHL, and so I knew about him from them. And I knew he was a lefty. So, like you said back then, we didn't have YouTube, but I definitely knew it from a kid. I knew that Trevor Converse was a lefty. So I was, you know, remembering that, and we had to play him one game. <clears throat> the first time I fought him was because him and Charlie Elise fought in the first period, and Big Charlie's a big guy, really big and real tough, but he's just a straight righty. He doesn't have any, 
no finesse in his fighting game. He's just like, I'm going to go out and throw right. He's got a huge head. So anyways, Converse just tagged him with some left. <laughs> yeah. Just smacked him. You know, just smack, smack, smack. And Charlie went down. Converse picked him up, smacked him a few more times. So then I leaned over to Marco. and said, because that was early in the first period. And I was like, Marco, we're, uh, we're fighting Converse. Like, one and two. you get him next, I get him next. Okay, we're, we're fighting. He, we're giving him three fights. Like, we're both fighting. Basically what I said. So I forget who went at him first, one, me or whatever. One of us, Marco, fought him, and then I went and fought him, get, fought him again. He did three fights. He got kicked out 10 minutes into the uh, second period. Converse is gone. But then that kind of started a bit of a rivalry. The next day we played him, I scored off the first opening shift. And it just he was just such a tough fight. He just was such a tough, tough bug around. He was um, lefty. I'd go lefty with him, and he'd throw rights, and yeah, we definitely did a number on each other. Well, the the following year is an interesting year, and I don't know too I don't know, it'd be interesting, I don't know if anyone has done this, managed to win championships yeah. in two different leagues. I don't know if that's ever happened. Yeah, there has. Uh, I think Kevin Dean did it with the Albany River out to New Jersey Devils. One, his league might have been a little better, but whatever. Well, yeah, hey, championships a championship, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. So you play uh, that year, two thousand, two thousand one. You play twenty nine games with the Orlando Solar Bears, and they win the Turner Cup. I believe that's what it was called, the Turner Cup. And then uh, yeah. also in Oklahoma, uh, you won the was it the Ray Muron Cup? Is that what it was called? Yeah. 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 Hey, there we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What a that must have been a what a year, man. That's uh that that had to be going. Yeah. Uh, that had to be something. What was it? Well, first yeah. of all, playing in Orlando um, with the Solar Bears. Um, uh, did you go to camp there? Yeah. So how this happened was uh, Doug Sutter. He wheeled and dealed the deal. He's a wheeler and a dealer. Um, he got me. He promised me that he was getting me an NHL contract after that one year in Oak City. He's like, I got you an NHL contract. And he kept telling me this. And I wasn't like, I wasn't hanging my hat on. I wasn't thinking it was going to happen, really. I just thought, okay, Doug's wheeling, dealing, just talking, talking. He kept on saying it. I got a buddy in, in Atlanta, Les Jackson. He's in Atlanta. He's there. He's a good buddy of mine, and we're going to get you a contract. He kept saying this, kept saying it. Finally, said he had a three-way, three-way contract where the Atlanta, Orlando, and Oak City instead of an East Coast League team. So I'm like, sure. Yeah, I mean, of course they'll sign that, but it ended up that didn't come through. They didn't want to waste an NHL contract on some guy they've never seen play before. So they ended up just giving me a signing bonus, and, and which was really weird. So I got a signing bonus to play uh, to sign with Orlando and Oak City. And so I go to campus at Orlando, and me, it's right, me, Darcy Hordachuk, a 20 year old Darcy Hordachuk. And we met in camp, and we you know, right off the bat, I think he said, or one of the coaches said, no fighting, so we didn't have to worry about that. But we played, uh, I ended up getting sent home after camp anyways. But, um, we played a couple of preseason games there, and we both had one game we fought, uh, both fought Barry Jagger, a veteran Barry Jagger. I bet you that was a lot of fun for him on a Friday night <laughs> AHL exhibition game. They get to fight a young Darcy Hordachuk and and a young, uh, a young Wade Brookbank. I had to be, uh, <laughs> had to be kind of tough for him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, being a 35-year-old veteran later in my career, I just had a last for that. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, then I get sent down to Oak City and I play, play there till Christmas time. Sometime after Christmas, 
Um, I get called up to Orlando. I get picked up at the airport. The guy picks, equipment guy picks me up at the airport. Basically, or he does. He's like, yeah, so, uh, you ever heard of Garrett Burnett? I was like, uh, no. He's like, well, he's the reason he got called up. He's been, we played them on Wednesday and he was running around like an idiot doing this, that, and all this sort of stuff. And Hordachuk was called up at the time, I think. Hordy was up and he got called to Atlanta. So, I'm like, all right. So I'm not even at the hotel and I already know what I'm doing the next night. <laughs> and, uh, there it is. They laid it right off for me. I played the next day. There it was. I see you go up for morning skates, check out this guy. Because like, like we said before, there's no YouTube. I kind of still search up Garrett Burnett, see what he looks like. So I go out, check him out morning skate. It's like, oh, jeez. <laughs> that's the guy. <laughs> that, that's a large individual. <laughs> that guy's big. Yeah, holy moly. Um, so yeah, we fought. We fought. We fought once, and then he did the old pants thing where he grabbed me by the pants and tipped me over after a couple punches. And then I learned my lesson quick again. Where uh, in front of the net, he stopped in front of the net. I gave him like he's, he was looking at me. I gave him a hard shove. He just got the gloves and punched me. But yeah, all right. Well, I guess next time I'll just drop my gloves too. So he he, he got the jump on me, hit me with that one, and then the last just jumped in. And we got I think we got four minutes for nothing. But um, yeah. So anyways, got to match up my very first AHL game. I got to match up against Garrett Burnett every every shift. So it was fun. And then I ended up actually playing uh, the next night against Cleveland again, and nothing happened. I think I really can't remember what happened that game. And then we went to Detroit, played a game there. And I fought some kind of somebody else who wasn't a big fighter. And then I got sent down the next day. And then I got called up a, like a month or two later. I got called up in February, and then I ended up staying for the year. But this, the, the second time I got called up, actually, was uh, the very first game we were playing this Manitoba Moose. Yep. And we were playing, and who was playing with Manitoba Moose? Mad Mel Engelstad. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, and I was, I was just like, I'm just doing it. I'm fighting them. And I, I him and Hordy and other had their wars earlier in the year. And Hordy was playing that game, so I knew it wouldn't be a problem that Mel would, Mel would be ready to fight. Um, but early in the first period, and I was, like I said, I was nervous. I was thinking about it a lot. Um, early in the first period, Hordy squares off with that big uh, Ru- Ruark. Yeah, his name, Mike Ruark. Yep. yep. And, yeah, and that guy gave Hordy, gave Hordy everything he could handle. He was a pretty big guy. He did, did really well. And as they're squaring off for fighting, I go, I go right up to Mel. I go like, hey, you want to go? So I was so nervous. I just wanted to get to a fight and get kicked out. I was like, I just, I just wanted to get over with. He's like, no, fuck. Wait till the fucking, there's a fight. We're going to get kicked out. Wait till the puck drops. I was like, oh, all right. So then those guys finished their fight. And then my, you know, all the juices were flowing. The juices kind of slowed down. And all of a sudden, Puck drop. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I guess I still got to fight now. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then we squared off, and and uh, I, and I did. I, you know, I definitely didn't uh, did dominate the fight or anything, but uh, did very well. And all the guys were just like, "Hey, oh my God, do you know who you fought? Do you have any idea who that was you fought?" I was like, "No, I don't. Never heard of who was it. <laughs> of course I know who. <laughs> of course I know who it is. But yeah, uh, anyway, the guys were pretty fired up about that." Well, before we keep going to the eye, because there's another guy I want to ask you about. Uh, speaking of Mel, because this is his best friend, and uh, you fought him in Wichita, was Rammer, Bruce Ramsey. Oh, yeah, yeah, Rammer. Yeah, uh-huh. he was, uh, yeah, I had some good ones with him. He, he had some, he had a couple good ones with Marco Cefalo, too. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, he was a tough guy. He, when I fought him, he was, you know, near the end of his career. Yeah. Uh, so luckily, I didn't, have, I didn't have to fight him right in the middle. But yeah, I did, I did pretty, I did pretty good at the end of the Yeah, he was really tough. I wasn't, I wasn't looking forward to fighting him. And he, he was another guy I heard all about him when I was playing when, in Alaska. Dean Jaboyevich is always telling me about Rammer. Oh yeah, Rammer this, Rammer yeah. This, Bruce Ramsey, tough as nails. That's yeah, that's right. Because they were in Grand Rapids together. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, going back to the eye, um, one of the guy actually fought him three times, of course, and he'd go on to have a lengthy NHL career. Uh, speaking of Grand Rapids, was Chris Neal? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I fought him a couple times a year. We had a couple of really good fights in the minors. Um, but he was super tough guy. He just a guy who just never, never really backed down. You know, he maybe he didn't take every fight that uh, that people asked him for because he got to be too good of a player. But he pushed on the shove. He he wasn't scared of anybody. He really wasn't. And he had a he had a really super chin, super tough chin. He could throw both. He had power. He was technical, and he could play the game. But uh, I uh, yeah, I had a couple of good ones with him. That's for sure. Well, I know, obviously, when you went on and you played in Ottawa there and stuff, did you guys get along? Um, yeah, no, we definitely got along. Yeah, we uh, definitely, yeah, no, we definitely got along. There's no, never, never had any issues there with Neeler. Um, well, speaking of big, there's a large human that you fought, uh, Kyle Friedrich in Detroit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, jeez, yeah. He's uh well so that's the other thing like I told you before, I just don't match up well with, with guys that are that much bigger than me. They they can be a lot stronger than me and tougher, but if they're you know, if I have the reach, I'm fine. But Friedrich was quite a he had a couple inches on me. Yeah, there's a lot of reach. He was stronger. It was just a bad matchup, but what happened there was it was a scrum going on and uh Todd Richards, who ended up he's an NHL coach, you know, he ended up he was a coach head coach for me in the Myers at some point, but he was our top defenseman and a captain, he, and we're in a scrum. And all of a sudden, he just grabs Friedrich. Everything's cool. Everything's fine. I was trying to avoid Friedrich for the most part without looking like a wimp. But all of a sudden, he grabs Friedrich from behind, grabs him by the jersey, and just starts choking him. And I can see it's just making him mad. And all of a sudden, Friedrich gets mad at him, and I give him a shot. And all of a sudden, we go into the penalty boxes for coincidentals. And I'm like, keep looking over at Friedrich, thinking he's gonna want to fight as soon as we get out. He never, never motioned, never said anything. So, like, I wasn't, I wasn't gonna initiate it. But anyways, um, I, so I think maybe it blew over. Or maybe he's just, he just got set down. Maybe he doesn't want to fight. That's, that's the naive me thinking, thinking this. So I go up play hockey. Uh, a couple of shifts later, I, we break the puck out of our end, skating up the ice. I'm watching the play. I just see out the corner of my eyes. Going my eyes, somebody in the Vipers jersey coming my way. Like, oh, it's awfully big looking fella. Oh, here we are. Yeah. And just just dropped my just dropped my gear, went at it, and I just you know, I just remember thinking he just overwhelmed me, just too big, too much, just kept hitting me. And nothing, nothing bad. I, I really did a great job uh, defending and not getting hit because I just held on. But I remember his uh, had his right. So he's throwing rights, but he wasn't landing anything too big. He's kept throwing, kept throwing, kept throwing them. And I'm like, well, I got to throw a punch. I'm thinking this. So I kind of time it to throw a left because I couldn't reach him with my right. I tried before, and I couldn't reach him with the right at all. So after one of his punches, I just let go with my grip, and I just smacked him with a left, you know, which I thought was a good one. I hit him right flush, and he just kept punching me with his right. So, yeah, all right, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> 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 Didn't even 
slow him down. Yeah, it's so, such a yeah. it's such a shame with the with the head injuries and his early retirement. But because uh, he was, because uh, I mean those those two fights. I mean he took two rounds out of Engelstad one night that it was like I, I mean I've never seen Mel get shit kicked like that. It was like oh my god, you know. And it was like and I can remember Mel, free free yeah. free from Regina as well, watching him play junior and stuff. And it was like yeah. oh my oh my god, you know. And of course then the legendary fight with Vandebush, which is just insane, you know. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, he was he was he was he was tough. Like, yeah, I always say he's one of the toughest guys I saw for sure. Just just because it's match, you know, fights are matchups. So, you know, and he just says for me, he's definitely one of the, my five worst matchups of all time. Well, yeah, it's uh, well. The, so there you go. You win like two championships that year. So you're like, you know, on t- here you are, right? Two rings. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, well, the following year, you're in NHL camp. Yeah, yeah. So we played uh, Orlando. We played we in the semifinals. We beat Grand Rapids in the uh, in the playoffs to go to go on the, to beat the Wolves in the final. And Ottawa's farm team was in Grand Rapids at the time, so they had seen me play a lot. They'd seen me play early in the year, and I guess they right off the bat, as soon as free, not as soon as free agency opened, but early on, before I even knew anything about free agency, they they were calling more often a couple of other teams called very you know very gently seeing what was going on but they kind of kept calling so i was like oh wow i can't believe this is actually gonna happen or you know it seemed like it's gonna happen but um ended up happening and they sent a contract and um went to nhl camp yeah it was really really uh a surreal thing that's for sure well yeah i mean it um yeah I mean, it's just like just what a uh you know when you when you think about what a, just a wild ride that is, right? Just a few years earlier, yeah. you're you're playing like senior hockey, you know? And yeah, yeah, I know it was uh, it was really weird. It, it just it, like I said, things just kind of kept happening. It took forever to start my career, and then it just I kind of kind of I got oh yeah, go, uh, going into Ottawa, Ottawa camp. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, Ottawa camp didn't stick around there long. Played a couple exhibition games. Um, tried my damnedest to get to fight. I won ex- my first exhibition game in uh, Halifax against Tampa Bay. Could only find Gordy Dwyer. He was and he didn't really want to fight though. So I think we ended up getting four each, double minor or something. But he really didn't want to fight. But uh, tried tried my tried my darndest. That's for sure. I was pretty fired up to fight my first exhibition game, but never happened or didn't really happen. And then uh, second game we played Montreal. They didn't have anybody anybody at all and then I got sent down went to Grand Rapids for the year and um, one thing yeah go ahead no I was just going to say though putting on that NHL jersey that had to be kind of surreal though for sure yeah no it was the the whole experience was really cool it was the one exhibition game was against the Montreal Canadiens and it was that was that was really cool it was it it, it wasn't in Montreal that would have been really really cool but uh I got lucky to play there a few years, you know, down the road. But um, just playing them at that point, seeing the Montreal Canadiens jersey on the other side was pretty cool. You know, like like even like going back to the Craig Cox thing, playing against him was cool. When I was in uh, Orlando in the IHL, Marty McSorley, one of my favorites of all time, was in Grand Rapids. So I, was, I played a game against Marty, so that was like that was really cool. But you know, and then you got even even a little bit more cool, a little bit more professional cool when you. Uh, Playing in your first NHL exhibition game. 
No, absolutely. For, for, a kid, for, a kid, for a kid who didn't think he was ever going to play junior hockey, so I was pretty uh, pretty excited, that's for sure. Well, no, absolutely. And, and like you said, it, uh, you know, and then, uh, yeah, that, that year it, uh, yeah, 2000, yeah, oh, 102, you're in the, the American Hockey League with Grand Rapids. What was, um, at that point, what was the, what was the biggest change from the AHL to the, from the IHL to the AHL? Um, you know, I didn't know the IHL that, that well, but just going off what the guys said, like the cities were all, there was more cities in, the IHL were a little nicer. You, you had to fly to the cities, and the style of hockey they they said was kind of a little bit different. Where you more IHL was known to have more of the older skilled guys. You know, so it had some tough guys, but uh, a lot less piss and vinegar than the AHL. Is what they always said. The guys are always joking, like, "Oh, you're going when the when the uh, Orlando team is going to be moving affiliations to the AHL." The veterans kept saying, "Oh, yeah, have fun getting slashed and asked to fight ten times a game, guys." Yeah, that's the AHL, you know. So they're they're always making jokes like that, and you know, I think it definitely was a little bit more, a little bit tougher. But uh, that IHL was pretty tough too at that time, or all the time. No, well, absolutely. Well, in your your first your your year there in in Grand Rapids, I mean, uh, you were busy. 37 tilts yeah. and, and uh, you know, I imagine, like you said, every night in the American League, I don't think at that, especially at that time, uh, it probably wasn't real, obviously it wasn't that hard to find somebody. Um, no, not at all. Yeah, uh, well, the first, I think every, other than that very first year in Alaska when I had 20-something, I think I had mid-30s every year in my, to start my pro career. So it was just, fights weren't hard to find in the Central League either, and then Move up to IHL, not very hard. Uh, AHL, IHL and AHL, the guys just got tougher. You know, they just got bigger and tougher. Is really what it came down to. But that year in with in Grand Rapids, I led the league with 37, and our whole team combined at 21. So it was like there was, wasn't much team toughness at that point. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a it was a it was a one man show. So I had lots of lots of work to do. And it was like you said, lots of lots of takers. Yeah, well, one of the guys on that team that eventually that uh, came up uh, was your brother, Sheldon. Yeah, that, yeah, he was in his first first year pro down there in the, in the East Coast League, and he ended up getting called up. Yep, that had to be uh, yeah, that had to be pretty wild to end up playing with your younger brother in professional hockey. Well, then yeah. later on you played yeah. against him in the NHL, which is pretty pretty wild, obviously. But uh, yeah, that's got to be something though. Yeah, that was a, a lot of fun, and actually, I kind of forgot about this, but did you ever hear the story about his first AHL game? No. Oh, well, here we go. Um, he So, we're playing, he gets called up to Manitoba, that's where he got called up to, but uh, he'd been he played this, he'd been playing the Mississippi in the East Coast League, and he'd been having a good year. Uh, he, you know, putting up some points, had a lot of pims, and I kept talking, you know, kept talking to our coach around, so I'm like, hey, if we ever need D, I should look at my brother, you know, just kind of joking and half serious, you know, with Bruce Cassidy, who was the coach at the time, you know, sometimes we'd be able to have beers with him, so I'd bring it up then, and also one day, he's like, hey, we're calling up your brother, like, what? Yeah, we're calling up, he's going to meet us in Winnipeg, he's like, oh, all right, right on, so we're playing, we're going up there to play the Moose, and we're going to Friday-Saturday game, uh, but two or three weeks previous, I don't know what, I don't know where or what, I think it was in Manitoba as well, but we had a big ruckus up there. Some some shit went down. We, uh, I forget exactly what happened, but I, all I remember is the, uh, before the puck 
dropped, I told Alex Drew, uh, the puck dropped in the third period or something like that, out of face-off. I told Alex Drew, who was a rookie at the time, ended up, ended up going on to be a big-time AHL scorer, but he was like a 20-year-old rookie, and he was kind of a tough kid. And Like I said, we didn't have any toughness, so like, the whole team had 21 majors combined, so like this is, I need someone to fight Josh Holden, is basically what I'm getting at. I'm like, Drew, fight Josh Holden right now. Like I just have now. If he did something to someone on our team, like, you got to fight him. Anybody comes near, I'll, I'll drill him. So he's like, oh, okay. Nice. I love that guy. Just French kid. Just, okay. A French goal scorer from the queue. He's like, sure, sure thing. Goes right after Josh Holden. Has a great fight with him. Just awesome. Gives it, gives him a lick. And, and everyone starts jumping in. And somebody jumped in and I ended up fighting somebody who wasn't a fighter. And I gave him a beating pretty bad. And whatever. Next game, Mike Brown's in town. And we're, uh, whatever. First round Brown. He, he, got, he got sent down for the game. Yep. And um, but I mean, so it actually might have been that that same game and all it, stuff went well, down. That, bro, it, it, yeah, it, it, was, it was all the same game because I had been getting say so We had an issue with him from uh, a couple weeks before. So in the game, Sheldon is there. This was all going down. But right off the bat, I tried fighting Mike Brown just uh, early in the game, and he was just down. You know, he was a big shot whenever he got sent down, and he was always like, "Ah, no, I'm not fighting. I'm not fighting." Um. Always playing that role. So then, like I said, the game went on. Drew goes after uh, goes after Josh Holden. Someone else comes in. I fight that fight that guy. And then after that, a couple more guys get into a fight. But Mike Brown comes over to our bench at one point. In between all this all this line brawling, goes to our goes points to Sheldon. He's like, "You come on the ice. You're fucking dead. Like I'm fighting you." <laughs> so he's like, he goes right there. He just goes over to our right, right front of our coach and says that. And so our coach is like, "Yeah, you know what? You know, I'm not going to put." You know, he was thinking, I'm not going to put Sheldon out there because it's his first game. That's a pretty big fight for his first AHL game. Anyways, a uh, couple shifts go down. Another line brawl breaks out. We had we had nobody left. And I had to put your brother out. So he put Sheldon out there, and Mike Brown goes right after him. And uh, they have a big fight. And I'm in the I'm in the dressing room watching this fight on TV. I'm like, oh, my God. I was just beside myself. Just, just because Mike Brown wouldn't, you know, he kept dodging me before that. He just was too cool to fight. Um earlier in the game, but um, Sheldon ended up doing okay, you know, his jersey comes off, Mike Brown obviously gets the best of him, but uh, he did fine, didn't get any any big wounds or anything like that, and I ended up coming back later that game, and, uh, you know, for the third period, and then I ended up jumping Mike Brown, and then we jumped him, and then we, had a, we fought, but he's a tough guy, you know, I'm not taking that away from him, but he was, he was always, a, always a bit of a... Uh, Big wheel when he got set down. That's for sure. And he wasn't wasn't a, wasn't afraid to play the role. Yeah, March fifteenth, Pat Kavanaugh was the guy you fought before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah Pat Kavanaugh. And it, and it wasn't even that I uh, gave him a beating. I remember I just switched. I knew he was a fighter. And I went all the straight laps on him, so I didn't even give him my didn't even give him my best. But I I, I I know why Mike Brown was mad on the other side. That's for sure. Well, one of the guys that come, his name keeps coming up on your on your card here that year is uh, Ryan Barnes. Ryan Barnes, yeah. Um, he, I think, other I got cut once in junior by a guy, big lefty. You'd probably know him, uh, Jimmy Smith. Uh, Jimmy Smith, yeah. Jimmy Smith caught me at the left, and he gave me a huge cut over over my head. Um, and other than that, I didn't get cut again until fighting Ryan Barnes in the in the American League, and it was a weird game. Like we were flying back to Grand Rapids, and our flights got delayed, and seven o'clock puck drop got moved 
to 9.30 because we didn't land at the airport. So it was just a weird day. So didn't think we were playing, didn't think we were playing. We finally land in Grand Ops Airport at 8.30. And then, yeah, fucks it off at 9.30. So we all from not rushed the game. We get there. The Cincinnati Mighty Ducks have been there, you know, waiting for the 7 o'clock puck drop. Puck drop, so we're ready to go. We ended up getting into scrum, and I was in a fight Ryan Barnes, and I was like, ah, kind of half of the fight. And he just drills me one, just closes my eye and cuts it. Huge eight, eight stitches underneath my eye. So I was not happy about that. I had a huge shiner, and then I uh, finally got back at him. Yeah, did we fight two more times that year? Yeah. So maybe the second the second fight then it was even didn't go my way as much as it didn't go my way as well as I as much as I wanted. So I mean, it wasn't until the third fight when we finally had a good one where I didn't even I didn't lay the boots to him or anything, but we definitely had a really good one, and I was I was satisfied. But well, yeah, he was a tough he's a tough guy. Yeah, he was. Well, another name that, of course, he went on. You fought him in the NHL as well, and he had a lengthy NHL career. But actually, a guy he had a lengthy AHL career too. It's actually amazing the number of fights the guy put up was uh, Sean Thornton. Yeah, wow, what a career. Um, yeah, I fought him a couple times that year. He was really, yeah, really tough lefty. I always did well with, against him. You know, not nothing special, but because he was a, he was a little bit shorter than me. You know, like I said, I just always, yeah. I always just really had uh, uh, a lot more confidence and did, did better against those guys. So, not that I didn't have any problems with him. Really tough guy, but I definitely did well against Sean Thornton over over my career, straight up, uh, even into the NHL. But um, yeah, he was a gamer. I cannot believe how great of a career he has. I mean, that's not. I cannot believe. I'm just. Yeah, well, I was surprised that he went on to have such a great career because he, uh, he really did, and he got he, he got he got tougher. He kind of changed styles too as he went, but he he got tougher tougher as he went along. That's for sure. But yeah, good guy too. I met him a few times, and really good guy, really good guy. Well, one before we leave this year, the one name I got to ask you about. He comes up. You, you fought him in Hershey, Rocky, old Rocky Thompson. Rocky, yeah. So there's another legend that I. Was a you know I was watching before I ever played junior hockey. I was watching him and Belak in the dub as a fan before I ever played junior hockey. So Rocky was a big deal uh, for sure that year uh, when I fought him. I fought him and Jeff Paul the same night in in Hershey. Couple of tough lefties, but Rocky was uh, at that point. I don't know. I feel like he was just coming back from some big injury or something like that. I mean and. I didn't win the fight at all, but I remember after I fought him, I was like, "Oof!" You know, I really thought Rocky was going to be a lot, like a lot more, like a lot more, a lot more wild, a lot more to handle. And fast forward to the Laco year, trust me, Rocky gave me, he gave me everything I could handle. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not anything away from. But, but that one time I fought him, I feel like something. I, I remember, I don't remember all the details, but he was just coming back from something injury, and uh, so I was really happy that I didn't uh, take too many punches in that fight. Um, but that, that was pretty cool fighting Rocky Thompson. No, absolutely. Well, the, the next year, uh, this has got to be a pretty frustrating year for you. Oh, two Oh three. I mean, you're, uh, you know, you start the preseason in Ottawa, you get into a couple fights with Domi and Bolton. Um, how, how, well, they're talk about fighting legends. It doesn't yeah. get, it doesn't yeah. get much bigger than Ty Domi. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, that was, that was a really funny one because obviously Domi is a, Huge legend. I loved him. I've seen so many of his fights. Um, but in the middle of the fight, 
and I knew and I had to I had to follow him all around the ice too to get him to fight me, you know, because I I do he'd be one of those guys for sure that wouldn't want to, and I get it as a veteran guy, all these young guys coming after you, but anyways, I followed him around for a while and he finally found me, but in the middle of the fight, I was just going lefty because I just I knew he was you know lefty dominant. And as we're fighting, I'm thinking, like, geez, this guy's arms are short. <laughs> geez, these guys' arms are so fucking short. I just could not believe how short they were. I just kept thinking, at some point, is he just going to grab me and ragdoll me and just knock me out here? Because all this was going through my head during the fight. Because, you know, it went fairly well. The fight was, uh, was a fairly even fight. And, but I just was surprised how short his arms were. I just could not believe. And he never got, in our whole fight, he never got his style that he normally does where he gets, and he uses his leverage. He never got that going against me. He probably was. It was the first fight of the year for him. For me, that was like my heavyweight belt fight, you know? Like, yeah. I was, I was, you know, I was young already, and he just kind of warming up. So definitely looks a lot better if we fought 10 times. I think Tidoni would have figured me out at some point, but he was a, uh, yeah, he was he was tough to come. I remember Zdeno Chara telling me, the one guy I will not fight is, I do not ever want to fight is tied only. I'm like, what? You just string him out. He's like, no, he has all the, all he has to do is grab me by the collar and lean back and he has all the power. He has all the leverage in the fight. And I'm just, and I'm punching down. He goes, like, he goes you just, you dragged on me. He makes me look silly. I was like, really? I'm like, yeah, I guess so. You know, and then Zdeno Chara was not afraid of anybody. You know, I, I, I love that guy. Not, not, I'm not trying to make him sound like he's scared of Tidoni, but he just really respected how tough Tidoni was and how he used his lack of size, lack of height to his his ability, his uh, to his advantage. Well, yeah, well, right. like, and like, look how long he did it for, and I mean, yeah, there's no, yeah, there's certainly no, uh, yeah, there's no explanation yeah. needed for, for, how, do, for Domi, that's yeah. for sure. For how long he did it for is all his head, like, what's wrong with that guy's head? How do you take those punches? Like, it's crazy. Mind boggling. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So, scary. Now, uh, coming out, did you get hurt in camp? Like, what happened that season? Um, no, I got sent down, played yeah. eight games with Binghamton. Yeah. And um, I fought McMorrow to start that year, and then I fought Frankie LaRue one game, and he got the best of me and gave me seven stitches under one eye and then the next I got zippered up came back a couple ships later and tore my ACL MCL and meniscus so I left in a left in crutches and one eye completely closed <laughs> and so I was out for the whole year so that was me at the end of October I think so I was out for the whole year now up um, to, like up to that point that had to be your first major injury Obviously. Oh yeah, um, yeah. In Oklahoma City, I got I, it, it, my first. Yeah, the first year I was there um, in playoffs, like the last, the second to last game, I dislocated my elbow. A guy was just dumped the puck in. I was playing defense on him. I just kind of stepped up on him, just like a stiff on him, kind of just to give him a push, and my arm just bent in half the wrong way. Really weird. So, but that was right at the end of the season, so it didn't really seem like that big of an injury because it's went into off season and rehabbed it. Didn't miss any time, but this was definitely my first one where I was out the whole year. I had, I had surgery in December, and then I, you know, it was fifty-fifty to come back to play playoffs at Binghamton. But um, there's no need to rush me back for playoffs, so I ended up getting on the playoff roster, and they made a big playoff. I mean, I only remember that because I got the playoff bonuses. I think they made a bit of a playoff run, but um, 
but yeah, I rehabbed that whole year and then came back to camp that following year. Did you in like Ottawa? Yeah, like did you stick around Binghamton though when you were rehabbing? Uh, they took me up to. Uh, I was actually they took me up to Ottawa and they got me a place and rehabbed me up in Ottawa for the whole year. So it was kind of a kind of a big deal for me to go out and I, work, I worked out there every day with their with their uh, strength coach and rehab my knee and then I skated the all all uh, all playoffs like uh, or, yeah all when the centers were in the playoffs. Yep. Like, I remember uh, when they were in the conference finals. Conference, Eastern Conference Finals Game Seven. They're playing New Jersey, I think. And they end up losing that game. Um, I was getting bag skated that day on the ice, and I threw up in the in the visitors' bench. <clears throat> that's kind of my that's my <laughs> claim <laughs> claim the shame of the playoffs that year. That's really all I got for that. But, uh, yeah, no, so I did uh, rehab and worked out there all year, and then got ready for camp. Came well, that's uh... and then and then get, yeah. Well, I was just gonna say that Bing, that Binghamton team was so tough. I mean, they had Mag- they had McGratton and Dennis Bonvi and Joey Tedarenko and and he, well, well Tedarenko came after I uh, he came because I left kind of thing. Yeah, and then Ray Emery, even the goalie was yeah, tough. Ray yeah, well, yeah, big time. Uh, and we had that one brawl with uh, with Philadelphia that year. That was when oh sorry no 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 that I was. Uh, that was the next year. The next year. Sorry. Yeah. So that that year was tough. That was McGratton's first year. That was the year that I got hurt. That was McGratton's first year yep. in the AHL. And then the, the next year we came back and uh, okay. what happened? Oh no, that's when all the waivers stuff happened. Yeah. So in Ottawa camp, the next year I got picked up in waivers by Nashville. But then at some point through all the madness, I ended up going back and playing a Friday, Saturday, Sunday set with. Uh, the Binghamton Sanders, and we had a huge brawl with the Philadelphia Phantoms. Yes, so they're gonna yeah. dive dive over the pile and everything, and uh, uh, it was, yeah, but, yeah, it was kind of it was a it was a weird one because at that time I, mean, I can't even get into all the details, but basically I was traded and put on waivers, and I just kept getting traded and put on waivers, and getting picked up by the team that just sent me down over like. Uh, the weeks leading up to this, so I hadn't skated for two weeks. Basically, I hadn't skated. For, I left Nashville almost two weeks. I hadn't skated, and then I go to play. Uh, I show up for a Friday, Saturday, Sunday thing, and we had this huge, huge, huge brawl at the end of the game, and I couldn't even couldn't even move my arms to fight barely. And then as soon as I got off the ice, I got traded again. It was really, it was a really, really strange year. But yeah, playing with Dennis and McGratton for a whole season would have been a lot of fun. Yeah. Did you and uh, McGrath never get at it in camp? No, not at all. Uh, he was uh, he was just a young pup, just looking for looking to hang out with any good, looking to hang out and just listen to our stories. And was a really real good kid. Liked him a lot, and we never had any anything close. Because honestly, I didn't even know he was a tough guy. I, yeah. I, at that point, right here, I wasn't following the guys coming up, and unless you're playing with an attitude. Or show me something on the ice. I didn't in training camp. Like I didn't even know he was a tough guy. I, I remember looking at his stats. I think he had a few goals. You know that year, last when he was twenty years old, or last year in the OHL. Um, probably had some pins, but I, I just didn't think he was that big of a tough guy because he wasn't playing the role, wasn't doing anything to stand out. You know, fast forward to the end of his career, and he's one of the best ever. But 
you know, that, that first year, I just like, when I first saw him, and actually I knew him in a developmental camp, so that's what it would have been. So we had those summer developmental camps, and we were, so we were out there all the time, and there's no fighting, and he just didn't come across me as a fighter. He was just such a nice, fun guy off the ice, really lighthearted guy. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, and the, so I ended up fighting him in the lockout year. When yeah. he was a full on, real full, full on machine. No, that wasn't very fun. But <laughs> how about Bones? How about Bonvi? <laughs> yeah, so and I didn't play Bones much in Bingo at all. He, uh, when I finally got sent back to Binghamton for the waivers, he I think we played one game before Christmas break, and then he got to he wanted to go home the next day, and our coach had us practice, and he didn't go, and he ended up getting traded. So I didn't play. Bones and Bingo at all, and I, but I played with them down the road in Wilkesbury. But we were right off the bat in in camp in uh, Ottawa. Um, we hit it off right off the bat. He was a uh, he was in Providence the year before, and he was leading the league in fights the whole year out there. <clears throat> and then he got called up, and then I ended up beating him. Yeah, so right off the bat, he had he had something that he wanted to talk about. I would have, you know, just so you know, if I didn't get called up, I would have beat you. I had you. <laughs> so, oh, no, I'm sure you would have. Sure you would have, uh, but no, I got along with him good. Uh, he actually ended up getting me to Wilkesbury years later when I was uh, when I was in between jobs. Well, like you were, you, you briefly talked about that whole pickup, sent down, release. You know how frustrating was that? Like, were you just like, okay, let's this is just getting ridiculous? Well, I guess just another thing. Like, yeah, it was weird. I never knew much about it um, in training camp. Late in training camp that year, after I'd been in Ottawa the whole year before, working out skating and all that stuff, end uh, of training camp, had a pretty good camp. Actually, I think, I think I, I didn't even realize this, but looking back, once now that I'm a scout, I saw my stats, and I think I had three points in five exhibition games that year. I, like I said, I honestly, I don't even remember that happening. So they must have been second assists. <clears throat> and then I had some fights I fought uh he laughed maybe once or twice. If I, he got Domi again, but he, yeah, Domi yeah. didn't. But Domi, Domi did the old. I'm not fighting. I'm not fighting. And then he just grabbed me and wrecked on me. Yeah. Um, but so I had a few fights and was doing well. And then it was only a couple of days before the uh, before rosters had to be in, or before a couple of days before the first before the first game. I don't know what it was. But I was expecting to get sent down. I was like, I don't think they're going to keep me here, but there was always a possibility they were going to, and I really didn't know what was happening. And one of the veterans finally came up to me, and he's like, so, you heard you're going to get picked in the waiver draft tomorrow. I was like, the what? He's like, yeah, there's a waiver draft. And I was like, oh, I've never heard of this. So next day, come into the rink, got practice, go home. Nobody still has ever said anything to me about it since. Or I mean, at that point, nobody mentioned anything about it. And I go home back to my place that I was staying in, at, uh, in Ottawa, and phone rings, and it's Nashville. Like, hey, Wade, this is uh, David Poyle from Nashville Predators. Uh, we picked you in the waiver draft, and you have a flight at 5 o'clock. See you then. Like, what? Jeez, really? So just like that. And then I tried to make a phone call. What is this? What's this? What's this all about? I never heard about it. Never heard of it. Went there to Nashville, and... Uh, yeah, I ended up staying there. Started my NHL career. It's like every kid's dream, the Nashville Predators versus the Anaheim Mighty Ducks for your first NHL game. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And you and you run into your old friend Garrett Burnett. 
three times. Oh, yeah, of course. They, yeah, they, they didn't give us three fighting... We didn't get fighting majors three times because he didn't uh, he didn't he couldn't stand up very well when it came to fighting. But we definitely got after it. Dropped the gloves three times. Well, what, what was your uh, what was your initial impressions of Nashville and uh, and uh, you know Barry Trotz and, and all them? Um, it was just really really weird being I mean just being in the NHL. It was just really hard for me to comprehend for. For the longest time, it just cause I didn't know anybody there. I just got picked up, so it wasn't like uh, in Ottawa. I knew the veterans. I knew a whole bunch of the young guys. Yeah, I just I didn't know anybody. So I was on, on this new team, but it was the NHL. You know, awesome. Jim McKenzie was on the team, so that was awesome. Like I really always liked him when I was a kid. Yeah, and he's an awesome guy. So that was super cool. Um, you know, everything about it was unreal. It is so weird. I couldn't believe I was in the NHL. Um, Barry Trotz is good. I didn't have, you know, any issues with him. I was just as happy to be there. Um, we had a tough team. I didn't play a whole lot. Hard to get into the lineup. Um, but, yeah, no, it was really, really a fun, cool experience that uh, happened pretty darn quick. I think it was a couple months, and I was back on the waiver train. Yeah, like, were you surprised by that? Like, I mean, you had some really good fights with, like, Cummins and Goddard and Shelley and Reed Lowe. I mean, you're like, it wasn't like you were losing your fights. And then all of a sudden, you're just like, that's it. Like, were you... Yeah, well, we had lots of toughness on that team, and we had a bunch of... We had like nine defensemen, so it was, just, it was really tough to get to line up. And, um, it kind of just, yeah, they didn't really, they didn't really need, they didn't really need me. Uh, I, I, and I wasn't, I wasn't good enough for them to keep, I guess, you know? I think Jim McKenzie's pretty darn tough. Well, yeah. And uh, who else we have? Scott Walker was there. Yep. But the first game, first NHL game, he fought Todd Simpson, and I mean, I was right there watching, right beside him, and I'm thinking, "Whew, this is the NHL." Like, every time you go up, I keep thinking the guys get a little bit tougher, and I'm like, "Well, this is an NHL fight." If I've ever seen one, Scott Walker. That's, that's, he's one of the most exciting electric fighters that ever has been, in my opinion. And yeah. I was watching him and Todd Simpson. He took a few punches and he gave a few punches, but holy smokes, it was it was it was impressive. Yeah, well, one of the names, like I had mentioned there, you had the really good fight with Goddard, the hand of God, yeah, as they say. That, he, that that's a bad dude, man. Yeah, he was, yeah, and you know, at that point, I yeah, didn't know how bad of a dude he was, but he ended up being a, a giant killer. Took down some big boys, and yeah, he was tough. He's very well, very well respected amongst the, the fighters. That's for sure. No, absolutely. Well, so you end up in. Uh, in Vancouver, after all this is done, and uh, I can remember it was uh, well. First of all, you, you get to Vancouver, and uh, just how, how was everybody there? I mean, with you know Naslik, Nasland, and the Bertuzzi, and the Sedins, and Jovo, and all them. Brad May, I'm a huge Brad May yeah. fan. Yeah, how was oh, that? He's the best. Um, so yeah, like you know, I was saying how Nashville was really cool, but it was just you know wasn't just didn't seem like a huge NHL city, not something I grew up with, basically, I guess, not, not like an original yeah. NHL team. And then, going to Vancouver, they were a pretty high-profile team at that point. They had some success, they were up and coming, um, so it was like, oh my gosh, this shit got real here. Here we go. Yep. And, uh, yeah, first, 
opportunity to have all those guys were really good. Sedin's super, super nice guys. Um, no complaints about any anything there, that's for sure. Uh, there just was such a huge difference coming there the first day after morning skate, seeing the uh, the media scrum opposed to the Nashville 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 Atlanta Thrashers game day media scrum wasn't quite wasn't no. quite the same size. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say a little different, but uh, well, your coach at the time is Mark Crawford. Well, hey, one of your assistant coaches is old Wolfman McElhargy. Oh, yeah. Was... Yeah, rest in peace to him, too. What a, he was great. What a beautiful man he was. Well, I was going um, to say... I didn't realize how tough he was until you, so YouTube. That's when YouTube came out, was right in my time in Vancouver. Yeah. but So I didn't know. I knew he was tough. And some of the old guys, some uh, my... One of my age, my, uh, one of my agents at one point was Dennis Planich, and he told me, "Oh man, he was Wolfman was tough. Like he was, he was a different level of tough back then. Throwing lefts and rights like nobody's business. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, he was, he was, he was a beauty, that's for sure. Well, your 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 first fight in Vancouver is a hell of a debut, and I can remember because I I was hockey night in Canada, and I can remember I was at my my parents' house watching it. And of course, we're all like, you know, oh, here it comes. And we're all cheering you on, man. We're like, oh, Wade's going to do it. Wade's going to do it. And, uh, you take on a real big guy in Christoph Oliwa and you, and you buckled him. Our, oh, man, we were so pumped when you dropped him. But, uh, yeah. how was it leading yeah, up I, to I, that and with Oliwa and, and that whole scene? Yeah, I, I had, uh, more voicemails. Uh, after that one, that's when cell phones were fairly new to me. Uh, more, more voicemails for that one than I did my first goal that I got, you know, later the year. Like quite a bit more, and it was all from my buddies at bars that are watching at home. It was hilarious. All the guys who reached out to me, it was really funny. But uh, yeah, the only one thing we had a game the night before, Friday night game, and then we start to Calgary for Saturday, and it was an optional skate. So I, of course, went out to skate and. Calgary's done skating right near the end of our skate. I look on their bench and there's Oliwa sitting on their bench with one of their trainers just or he's just sitting by himself basically. He just did a really, really tight shirt, just huge. Just looking jacked, you know, and I'm doing and he's right I'm at the blue line that's right by his bench and I'm taking shots. We're passing up shots, I'm doing those D drill over and over again. Anytime I come back he's just eyeballing me. It's just like obnoxiously not even trying to hide it, just trying. He's trying to scare me. I, I'm assuming. And uh, at one point, I go over. I give him a nod, like you know, you give a tough guy a nod. They'll give you a nod. No big deal. And we're all, we're all, we're all doing the same thing. You know, we're just having to be against each other this night. But I give him the old nod. He just gives me nothing. Straight face. I just keeps giving me the uh, the stink eye. I'm like, oh, all right. And that night, that asked me on my eye. So this is definitely going down. But I had. And yeah, YouTube's still not in the picture, but he fought Jim McKenzie earlier in the in his uh, earlier that year when I was in Nashville. I was sitting out that game, and I just saw he's bigger than I am, a little bit bigger than I am. He's stronger than I am, but he's definitely slower than I am. And he throws like kind of more over the top. I'm like, I'm just going to come in. Just I can I can hit him really fast. I can get inside and hit him real quick. And that's all that's what I'm going to do. So I wasn't really scared of him. I knew he was big, but I just thought he was just too slow, and I I wasn't you know not not confident. I just wasn't scared. 
And we start going, and I said, through a couple of quick runs, and that one just lands. And it was so funny. The crowd was just cheering, cheering, cheering. It was just like, I hit him on the button, and that button was volume off. <laughs> and he went down. He went down his butt, and the whole place just went completely silent. It was just it's such a such a crazy, funny feeling. And uh, then I didn't realize how much my hand hurt. But not, not that it was broke, but it was like, oh yeah, I guess I did hit him square because my wrist really hurts. But went to the penalty box. He didn't. Uh, he didn't look over at me. He kind of fell into the penalty box, and then their next shift out there, he came flying across the ice. And when I had the puck, and I passed just as I passed up to him, he just dropped stuff and grabbed me. And I, not gonna lie, I just wrestled him down the ice. I'm like, I'm not, like, not giving you a chance. I'm, like, I'm happy the way our first one went. We're just we're going down to the campus here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and and my, my wrist really did hurt. It just so I wasn't ready to open up and start throwing again. Well, but uh, yeah, he's a he. And in, so in warm up, like in warm up, he was. Even warm up, he's yelling at me and barking at me, and I was thinking, "Do you should I? I'm coming for you, buddy. You don't have to go be doing all this. I, I would have been fighting him no matter what, but he really went out of his way to try to set the tone. That's for sure." Well, you... I had a few guys. I had a few guys in the team that that year, and then uh, a couple guys that I met later down the road. They're like, "Oh man, we were so pumped." He's such a dick. <laughs> I've I've heard that from a few people that he's not a real yeah. popular guy. But um, yeah. well, you mentioned your first NHL goal. Do you remember it? Who you scored it against? Oh, only the goal, only the goalie. Yeah, absolutely. January thirty first. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. No, I heard the. Yeah, it was a, it's a funny shift. The puck just it came. The Sidians did all the work. They did all the work. They cycled the puck. I was in the lineup, and they're cycling the puck, cycling the puck. The one thing I did was slash the stick out of a defenseman's hand. The puck was coming to me or to the defenseman. And the defenseman again, I slashed the puck out of his hand. It went to the Sedins. They kept cycling it, kept cycling it. I kind of went in front of the net. And goalie was out to way off to the side to come right to me, right in the middle of the net. And all I thought was like, geez, even you can't screw this up. And I just shot it in the net. There you go. Like you knew what yeah. you were doing. There you go. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Anybody can score in an empty net. Well, Instead hey. In the right place. <laughs> right place, right time. <laughs> See, this, yeah, the the Sedins, yeah, they. Uh, well, it um, of course this year in Vancouver is famously known or infamously infamous, I guess. Of course, is uh, yep. the Todd Bertuzzi, Steve Moore incident. Um, were you playing that game? Yes, I was. Um, I was playing that game, and before the game, you love this guy. I'll bring this up. Comes up to me. Brad May comes up before the game, and I'd fought Worrell earlier that year, and I thought I'd be fighting him again that night because um, we had that huge rivalry, that all that stuff with Naslin and Moore the week previous. So I knew stuff would be going down. But before the game, Brad May comes up and he's like, "Hey, wait. Here's here's what I'm thinking. I'm going to fight Worrell, and I want to do this. And he has all these ideas and do this and do that. I'm like, yeah, that was pretty good ideas. But I, I'm but I'm I'm going to fight. I'm fighting May. Like I got to fight him. It's my job." You say, no, no, I'm fighting him. He maybe fought twice in the first period. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> but, and and you just, you just went, his whole idea is just keep switching on him, back and forth, switching and switching and keeping him off balance, switching. Like, yeah, ah, awesome. <laughs> just he's such a such an animal. Love that guy. Such an awesome teammate, Brad May. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was a huge Brad yeah. May fan. Um, 
I don't, yeah, okay. Well, this is such a sensitive, I don't know how much you want to get into it, and I won't get into what was said in the locker room and all that stuff. We don't need to do that, but we don't need to get anyone in trouble or whatever. Well, I guess it's kind of, you know, whatever. The, the, uh, you know, it, it's been a while, but, um, did you, um, I don't know, how do I put this? Like, I get why well, I don't want to, like, did you know that was going to happen? Did you figure that was going to happen? Like, Maybe not with from definitely the not, definitely not something like that. Honestly, I, yeah, I, I didn't think I didn't I didn't think Bertuzzi would be involved. I didn't. I thought uh, I thought I thought Matt Cooker, one of the guys who got called up, would like uh, not called up, but one of the one of the bottom six guys, the fourth line guys. I just thought it'd be one of those guys. I really, yeah, I had no idea that caught everybody off off guard. But um, yeah, I don't know. That was. That was a different situation, that's for sure. And uh, yeah, no, I, I stayed out of that. I never gave, uh, I never gave any comments. Cause I didn't want to. I didn't want to be part of that. I really didn't have anything to say at that time or now. But I didn't have anything to say, so I never even got involved with, with any of that. Luckily, so. Yeah, I was anyway. always yeah. Just going back and watching it, I was always just kind of like, I I just never understood why Moore just didn't fight Bertuzzi. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, like, you know, he follows him around the ice for like whatever, 20, 30 seconds. Like, it's like, what did you think was going to happen, dude? Because I think the score yeah. was like 8 1 2. You know, it's like, I, I don't know. Yep. I don't, I'm surprised the Colorado even put him on the ice. I'm like, you know, why would you even do that? Unless, I don't yeah, know. Sure, I'm like, exactly. Jesus, would the coaches yeah. not even like you? Like, I don't know. <laughs> but it was just like, but I was just like, I, don't, I, I never understood why he just didn't fight Bertuzzi and get it over with. Yeah, yeah, it could have been a lot, could have been a lot different, that's for sure. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we certainly don't want to see anything like that happen to anybody, but it was just, uh, yeah, it was just cr- crazy, yeah. But, but, um, yeah, man, well, we'll keep kind of rolling here, but, uh, yeah, so the following year, how frustrating is that? I mean, it's the lockout year. I mean, obviously that's frustrating for everybody, but, um, had, had Vancouver, yeah. like, how did you feel there? Like, were you getting kind of, I don't want to say you were comfortable at the NHL level, like, but were you sort of expecting like going into that off season? Like, okay, I'm going to be back with the Canucks next year. Like, did they kind of make overtures that way? Yeah, no, uh, I was definitely, as far as I know, I was going back to Vancouver again the next year. My exit meeting, uh, Crow said, you know, you're coming back, you're playing all the exhibition games next year. And we're going to, you know, going to, you I definitely felt like I was a Vancouver Canuck. Um, and that lockout came, and still even then, like they, uh, they, I played for their farm team that whole year in Manitoba. So it wasn't like I was a forgotten thing. And it was kind of out when I sort tra- I transitioned to forward. I played a few games forward that year at the Canucks, but I'd never played. I didn't hadn't played forward since uh, midget hockey before that. So um, that whole lockout year was just they gave me. They gave me a whole bunch of ice time uh, playing forward and let me, you know, learn that with, you know, still looking forward to the following season where they uh, had a spot for me. They ended up signing me to a one-way contract, I believe, anyway. So, yeah, no, I definitely was part of the part of the team as far as I knew. Yeah, well, I mean, that Manitoba team, I mean, you had some characters on that team and uh, a couple of names I just want to throw at you was, uh, I, and I know you're still in contact with them, was, of course, uh, Kevin Bieksa. Yeah, Juice. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, he was uh, uh, he was a funny. He, well, he made his splash with the moose the year before. Everyone knows, fight Federer, Federoff at the, yeah. the end of the year. But uh, I didn't know anything about Juice. So, like, I met him in training camp, and I, I was on the other team against playing against playing against him. Because I remember having a couple of run-ins, but he he wasn't uh, wasn't really looking to. Not that I was trying to fight him, but he definitely was, you know, looking the other way all the time. But he definitely caught my attention with his with his play in camp. And then um, as the season went on, we got to know him. He stayed or stayed around, ended up being a really good guy and uh, being kind of confident. You know, he's, I'm not saying he's cocky, but he's very confident. And then we kept waiting to see him fight. We wanted to see him fight because he kept kind of hinting at that he could fight. You know, we kept wanting to. We heard about the Federer off thing and all this stuff. It took a while to finally fought. He, he gave somebody a pretty good beating. Somebody kind of his size, and he was kind of tough. And I'm like, all right, there we go. That's, that's what we wanted to see. And then Juice just kind of kept going and kept going. You know, he he took some small steps. Like he didn't, uh, he never did go and fight the biggest, hugest guy. He was smart about it, but he, uh, in his own weight class, he was a really, really tough fight for a lot of guys. Really tough. Well, another name that comes up, um, he came up obviously later in the late in the year as a as a twenty year old, um, was the late Rick Rippin. Yeah, Ripper. Um that was a kind of a funny story too, because uh he got called up. Randy Carlyle loves loves toughness and he's like to the GM they're like, Bring me some I need to get some get some toughness. Bring me up some toughness for the fourth line because all year I was playing on the third line, but for playoffs I was going to get moved down to the fourth line because who am I kidding? I'm not a third line player. But like I said, they were giving me ice time all year long at third line so I could get to know the, uh, the position. But come playoff time, he wanted to get a little uh, a tough centerman to center me and someone else. So they found this guy in the Western Hockey League. Carla Randy was pretty pretty fired up. We heard they said, "Oh, this guy's coming." guy shows up he's like what who that's him and I, and I don't think Randy played him for a while like he practiced with us for like a week or two maybe but I, I feel like Randy took him a while before Randy put him in the lineup and Gripper is, Gripper is a real quiet guy so quiet just super respectful um, and he's centering, he's centering me and maybe Jimmy Roy but maybe Jimmy Roy was up in a different line he's centering me and someone else and at one point in the game he's like hey uh Wait, do you think uh, do you think so and so will fight me? We're, we're playing Syracuse Crunch. I think it was a Tolson, maybe it was some last name Tolson. It was a European guy, but he was pretty tough, and he's six foot two, couple hundred pounds, quite a bit bigger than Ripper. And I was like, yeah, well, he'll fight you, Ripper, but don't don't fight him. Like, and I didn't know. I just heard this guy was feisty, Ripper. I didn't know. Nobody told me that he was a deadly fighter. Like, I had no idea. Like, I think could have said, yeah, he's small, but he's really tough. I never heard that. Nobody ever mentioned that once. So I'm like, ah, yeah, no, why don't you fight, uh, and I pointed over someone smaller, like, whatever, some way, way smaller. He's like, yeah, no, no, no I'm going to fight that guy. <laughs> and so I'm like, seriously? So we go out there, and he goes right after this guy off the face-off, and I'm kind of like, do I, I thinking I'm, do I jump in? So I'm like, as they're squaring off, I'm telling Alliance, hey, guys, get ready to jump in here real quick, because I don't know how this fight's going to go, because this guy's literally 160 pounds fighting this guy who knows what he's doing. And they start going, rippers bobbing and weaving, all of a sudden the pistons start coming out and just blood flying everywhere and it's not rippers. And it's like, what the hell is going on? 
and uh, that was a ripper. That was his first fight, and then he just never looked back. He, he took one loss that year. He fought Jay Harrison, big Jay Harrison. Like he was six foot four, two fifteen. Just he shouldn't have been fighting him, and he took a couple punches from him. But other than that, he he was like you could tell he was there was something special there. And uh, yeah, Ripper really turned out to be something special. He was quite the fighter. Absolutely, yeah. Well, uh, well, and then another one. You know, um, speaking of large, and that he took on that year was uh, Derek Bugard. Yeah, Boogie. Um, so he year before actually. Um, when I was in Nashville, I got sent down to the American League on a conditioning because I wasn't playing much. And they sent me down there, go play and don't fight. You know, they say that. They always tell us, go down, go play, don't fight. But it's kind of hard because you well, get down there and all these guys are going to want to fight you because you're just down from the NHL. So we're the first team we play is Houston. And this big guy, and again, I'd never heard of him. And from Regina, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> He's probably <laughs> tough. <laughs> play the Western League. That's a pim, so... He uh he just he was trying to try she was fine trying to fight me all game, he was trying to hit me all game and he was still pretty slow at that point and I was being a jerk and I was you know, I was giving him like the Domi treatment or the the Mike Brown treatment. That's you know, now I'm that guy. You know, I was too I just didn't want to fight him. I didn't know that I not that I didn't want to fight him, they they just said don't fight and I was like I just used it as a as a crutch I guess, but um I wouldn't say I was scared of him, but I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't like I don't I don't look forward to fighting guys who are six foot seven, but Anyways, no. I I more I was more of a rat in that game, and I just pissed him off. Kept pissing him off, and he kept he took a couple penalties. But then the uh, so next year down in I'm at the Moose, he just finished. He just kind of rubbed me out and just dropped his gloves and grabbed me. They didn't give me a chance. So yeah, that's, <laughs> that was probably a smart thing to do. And I, and I would have fought him again that point, that year. Anyways, but he didn't he didn't even give me a chance to get away from him. And I remember fighting him because people everyone kept telling me before that, oh, he's really big, but he's not that tough. And after I fought him, we had a really good fight. Went on a long time. I was like, "Fuck that! Right. That guy's fucking tough." Like he was, and I know, I know, I have a tough time with matchups with the bigger guys, but we were throwing lefts and rights and back and forth, and it was like, "He's tough. <laughs> he's tough." And I don't think I knew. I just don't think I knew he was going to be as tough as he was, but I knew he was going to the NHL next year after that fight. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, a name that uh, speaking of tough, he you know definitely a minor league legend and. Uh, and and he had a big run that year in Syracuse um, with Sugden, Brandon Sugden. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, um, so one of my buddies actually called me from the east uh, and said, "Hey, just heads up, Sugden. He's getting everybody. He got me. Uh, just give you a heads up. He's a uh, he's uh, he's the real deal. He's just a." freak in the gym, I guess, and he's on a roll, so watch out, he's got a big right hand, so it's like, oh, God, why do you, why do you have to give me the two-week, two-week notice, why couldn't you just tell me on the Thursday before, so I was watching his fights, because that, I don't know, I, I don't, there's still no YouTube at that point, is there? Yeah, still not YouTube, but we still, there's hockeyfights.com, and they yep. had a few fights, I think, back then. So you catch, I, I kind of knew his style, big righty and all that, but it didn't have a whole lot more to go on. Other than that, my friend who's really tough said this guy's a killer. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, we 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 go into Syracuse and uh, we we fought we we fought got it over us real quick and went okay, nothing special. He was, I think he felt pretty strong. I didn't really let him get set up and do his thing too much. That's kind of that was always kind of my thing. If somebody else had a style they really really liked, 
like uh, Andrew Peters like to fight off the face off off the draw. You know, I fuck that. I'm not doing that. You know, I'll, I just I just always didn't whatever their style is, their style. I just did, would not let them do it. If they like scoring off all the time. I would score off. But anyways, I didn't really let Sugden do his thing because he's really good at scoring off and getting you held out there and then hitting you with those big rights. So we just kind of he asked me to go right off the draw and I just kind of dropped him and went right at him and had a not an exciting fight, but. I skated away on my own, so that's a bonus. Yeah, well, the following year, of course, you play the full season in Vancouver, and uh, um, you have some couple interesting fights. Um, but I say first, we should go back to Rocky. I fought Rocky four times. Yes, he did. Yeah, he was a he was with Edmonton, and like I said before, when I fought him, I feel like he was. Not at the top of his game, but with the Roadrunners, he was at the top of his game, and man, was he tough. I just remember, whatever, and I mentioned this earlier, if someone else is a lefty, I just go left. I don't like to give the, the the weird switching and give and take type of thing. But Rocky would do that. He starts throwing left, I'd go left, he'd switch over right. <laughs> he just wanted that off, off weird toe-to-toe stuff. So we were always going back and forth, and... Way too many punches landed fighting Rocky Thompson, that's for sure. But yeah, he was uh, so super tough. I just need to need to bring up some Rocky Thompson. He's one of the one of the toughest minor league fighters of all time. Oh yeah, well he's got that kind of that chuck and duck style, and you yeah, know. oh, but yeah. I I remember uh, Dave Semenko was a scout for the Oilers. He came to watch me in Oklahoma City, and he took me out for lunch one day, and we're talking about. The Oilers and tough guys, and he's t- and George Larock was the toughest guy, you know, back yep. at that point. And I was asking him about Larock, and he's like, and it was still kind of early in Larock's career, but I was like, so have you ever seen his Larock lost any yet? Like he's so big, like, how does he do? He's like, yeah, nobody really gets him. He's like, you know, the only guy that's really got him is that goofy Rocky Thompson. <laughs> got that goofy style. He's just got him off balance, and he, so yeah. And years down, years later, I. Got to know what he's talking about, but yeah, Rocky, legend. No, absolutely, yeah, he, yeah, uh, but yeah, but uh, but yeah, go on, go on to Vancouver, yeah. Well, I mean, you had the you had the run in with Bugard <laughs> again, um, yeah. Well, actually, but my got my year got off to a bad start. Uh, exhibition uh, Fedora got me. Yeah, this was like a a little not a huge punch when I watched the fight, but. Um, he landed it flush, and it got me, cut me open pretty good. So that was a tough one to come back from. Um, right off the bat, but then I fought, uh, yeah, Big Boogie, and uh, had him down if the Lionsman just would have came in, did their job. The fight could have been over, but um, no, they got up, and he actually, I didn't realize I watched fight, but he put me down with that shot to the head. You know, it wasn't even to the chin or anything. He was just so big and heavy, he hit me in the side of the head and put me down. And I, when I was skating off the ice, I definitely that was the only time in my in my career that I like was a little bit off balance. But uh, he was a he was a big, big machine, and what people don't realize also is he could forecheck like a bugger, and he was just a huge huge man coming with lots of speed, running guys over that year. He was a he was a wrecking ball. Well, that's why I always say it. I, it was funny because we were talking. I, I had somebody on here and we were talking about Bugard. It was just like, I think the thing as a fan that I always liked about Bugard was like, he he played like an asshole. 
like he yeah, didn't exactly. yeah. like he didn't yeah. care if you were the fourth line guy the first like I remember when they were playing Vancouver yeah it was you guys and he yeah. was like slapping the sedines and shit like he didn't care I remember because they were interviewing yeah. him after that might have been the year after you were gone but it was like he was just being a dick because Minnesota's yeah. winning like five nothing or whatever and they put him out in the third period and. He was acting up, and like Vancouver didn't have anybody at the time, and I remember the announcers were crying about it, and it was just like, you know, but that's just the way he was, and he's just like, well, yeah, yeah, do he, something about it, then, you know, like, yeah, he was good, yeah. Um, well, what? Well, speaking of you, you said linesman. I wanted to ask you this. <clears throat> Obviously, was Kevin Collins still around when you were playing, or did he retire? <laughs> I don't, I don't even know, but uh, I've seen him. I've seen. I've seen his antics a lot. I think he was just in the press box. When yeah, he, like he 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 had retired by the time you were in the league, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I was just curious if you, if you had had any run-ins with Collins, but um, yeah, well, because you had mentioned linesman, and I'm looking at your fight card because you fought Chris Simon this year, <laughs> and I can remember the time Collins grabbed Simon's arm in the middle of that fight, and I can't remember who he was fighting, but Simon got his nose broken. The guy sucked, like drilled oh, yeah. him when when Collins was holding him, and I thought yeah. I can't. I thought Simon's. I thought Simon was going to kill Collins. I thought he was going to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, speaking of Simon, what was it like fighting him? Um. Yeah, he was a handful too. Um. The one time I think I just saw him. The one time he got me. You know, I asked him plenty of times to fight before that, you know, um, but he was, he played more and I was, you know, I was more of a one-dimensional fighter at that point where he, he was playing more. So he never took my fight, never took it, never took it. Then right at the end of my shift, a long shift, he comes and runs me from across the way and drops gloves and starts throwing. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, I, I get it, but you didn't have to do that. You're fucking really tough. Chris Simon, you know, he's super tough, but he, uh, I just couldn't get a hold of his left. He kept on keying off on me, but nothing, uh, I kept my face in, didn't hit me with anything, anything strong or anything badly at all, but waited for the linesman to finally come in, and then uh, later that game, tried to fight him, and of course he wouldn't fight, but that's just the way it goes. Veteran, you know, yeah. he's a veteran-made guy, and I was still a guy looking to make a name for myself, so where she goes, but really tough, really tough guy for sure. Well, it's Big funny guy, that that that, that Tyler and Steed and the lefty is a tough combination. Only only Brashier can boast those attributes. Yeah, well, well, we'll get there. Yeah, well, you also fought Brad May. Was that kind of weird fighting him? Yeah, um, yeah, but it was just because it was such a big rivalry, and I was I played every game against Colorado, so I knew at some point it was probably going to happen. But at some point, Brad just finally said, all right, let's go. <laughs> so we're going right now. And again, like his first tough as Brad May is, like he's way tougher than I am, but I just wasn't, my style and his size and my guys, I, I, I wasn't, I never feared fighting Brad May. It sounds so dumb. But, you know, <laughs> I just, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't worried about fighting Brad May. But, I, but like I said, guys as tough as nails. He's tougher than I am. Just, it's just a matchup thing. It's a matchup. Well, one one of the names on here, your, your last fight, in, uh, well, I guess it's your last fight with the Canucks, actually, uh, was against Barnaby. What, oh, yeah. <laughs> what, what's, it, what's, it, what's it like playing Barnaby? Like, uh, well, he just 
he was just in tight. He just killed me right in tight, and we were just basically hugging right off the bat. And I was giving him, I started giving him a couple body shots, and he's yelling, "Hey, Glassman!" Like during the fight, this guy's trying to break my ribs. Come on, this guy's trying to break my ribs. And I'm like hitting him in the ribs, and it was just weird. It was weird. It, and it, it was, it was just yeah, weird because it was really in tight, not really, not really getting set up to doing anything special. Yeah, just a, just a whole weird, weird, uh, weird experience, top to bottom. And I was fighting him in an empty United Center. That was back when there was no fans at those games. Cucks, Hawks, there was 5,000 people there. <laughs> yeah. I was laughing after the fight. <laughs> well, I was going to say, and everybody could hear Barnaby talk all night, I'm sure. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, the following year, yeah. were you... Um, um, were you surprised that Vancouver let you, well, you end up with the Boston Bruins signing with the Bruins. Were you a free agent or? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they, uh, they talked about bringing me back. They made a coaching change though. They fired Crawford and they brought in Vino. And I, I don't know. I, I just didn't think Vino would, uh, uh, I don't, not that I had choices, but I just, I didn't, uh, I chose not to go back to Vancouver for whatever reason because I didn't think he would be the type of guy who played me. And I ended up going to Bruins camp for whatever reason. But, uh, yeah, no, I, in hindsight, I think I would have liked to have gone back to Vancouver and tried out there even if I went to Vancouver, Manitoba. But uh, went to went to Boston and uh, made the team out of camp. was uh, really proud. It was kind of wasn't, wasn't a sure thing, so I was pretty uh, happy when that happened and then I ended up getting sent down. Uh, sit down to the minors there in December. Yeah, like uh, yeah, yeah, and then you kind of you, you went to Providence, and then you went to Wilkesbury. Yeah, so this is where Dennis Bonney comes back into play. I went down to Providence, and they had a good young team there, and the coach didn't want anything to do with me. So it was the first first time in my career where um, the coach had no use for me. I had always been going to places thinking like, Geez, why is this? Why am I still here?" I have to try my hardest every practice just not to get shown up. Like, why am I still here? Coach, why does the coach like me? Why does the coach keep playing me? Like, I get that now. I'm like, cannot do anything after I've had some success in my career. I come down here now. I, I can't get in the lineup. When I do, I barely play. So it was, it was a tough situation. And I ended up uh, leaving, you know, which was a tough decision for me after a couple, whatever, three, four weeks, I ended up leaving. And I, uh, just went home with my living with my fiance where she was working and I was just ready to see what was happening next. Nothing nothing's gonna happen, waiting to see what happened. Finally Dennis Bonvi pulled some strings in Wilkesbury and he got me he he didn't know a trade trade, he just got the coaches to get a trade, so I got traded from Boston to Pittsburgh for futures and sent down to play in Wilkesbury after taking a month off in the middle of the season. <laughs> well, how was your experience at Wilkesbury? Well, you want to talk about tough teams? Yes. Um, so there's we had uh, Dennis Bonvi, uh, Carcillo, myself, Matt Karkner, Wade Scalney, uh, and, there, and there's probably a few middleweights in there too. But the, some heavy lifting was down there. Some some tough guys. Um, but one game, I remember, we had Chris Thorburn got sent down from uh, the Penguins. And we went and played a game at Hershey. 
or yeah, it was Hershey, I'm pretty sure. And like our third, I was on the third line with Thorburn, and our fourth line was Bonvi and someone else, and our second line had Carcillo. <laughs> and our defense defense had uh, we had Carter and Scully back there among whoever else we had. Yeah, it's fairly fairly deep. Um, and I'd say so. One, uh, my one memorable time from that year is uh, we're playing the Philadelphia Phantoms, and I had, uh, played with Martin Grenier a little bit the year year before. He got called up to Vancouver, so I played with him. Uh, I don't know, like he was there for a couple weeks, but I hung out with him quite a bit because you know he was a tough guy and he was just up. So I tried to hang out with him as much as I could. He's a nice guy, and he's a beast. Six foot five, two hundred and fifty pounds. You know, he's one of those guys that's huge. But in warm up. He played for the Phantoms, and they had, uh, I forget who they would have had, they had Cote at that point, and Tristan Grant, uh, Grenier, um, whoever else they have. The Phantoms are always full of stuff. Yeah. I see, I see Grenier warm up or skating around, and they're like, hey, Grenz, what's up? He's like, hey, Brookie, lots of fucking meat out here tonight, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. He's like, I'd be coming for you tonight, Brookie. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Like, oh, fuck, the coach is mad at me. I need a fight. So, right off the bat, Dennis and Coach have a big fight. I go out there, take Dennis' spot. Who's yelling at me? Rookie, let's fucking go. Big gorgeous George Grenier. <laughs> uh, too funny. Well, well, speaking of Wilkesbury, one of the guys that got called up, of course, is old Biz, Paul Bissonette. Yeah, yeah. And so he was, uh, he must have got called up before. The, before I got there, before Christmas, he must have played some games because he was uh, he was down in Wheeling. I kept hearing stories. We kept hearing stories nonstop about Biz from uh, coming up from Wheeling. But he was he didn't actually come up there and play. I didn't uh, I didn't meet Biz until a couple of years later. Well, there you go. Um, yeah. Well, one of the you mentioned his name, and um, you know he's been uh, you know obviously fairly outspoken since he's been retired. But uh, was Carcillo. Um, did you get along with him? Yeah, yeah, I got along with him. He was, he was a, uh, questionable character at times, but he was, uh, but yeah, no, I got along with him pretty good. He just was a bit of a bad apple, did a lot of, uh, uh I mean, not, not, not a horrible guy, he just was a, he just a, mis- a mischievous young fella, let's put it that way. <laughs> like, he liked to, he liked to get into trouble. <laughs> Um, but now he's now he's yeah, he's he's making a stand. Um, I think I haven't heard much from him from him for a long time. Um, I think he's doing well, and uh, you know, the, he's his his message. He's not completely wrong. He just like like most things, he just kind of took the wrong approach to it. He's kind of mm-hmm. going after people a little bit the wrong way, but whatever. I don't really want to get into that too too much. But um, like I said, I haven't heard too much from him lately. I think he's. I think he's doing well. Last I heard, so yeah. Hopefully, well, hopefully he is. Yeah, I mean, it's a topic that I mean we've talked about on this podcast, and it was you know, and I've talked with uh, you know other people about it and on Twitter and stuff, and you know, everybody has their opinions on it, and you know, um, I've always just said like the thing with Carcilla, yeah, which is exactly what you said. I'm agreeing with what he's saying somewhat. Um, you know, yeah. I, I get it that, yeah, okay, the, you know, I'm not going to get you to say it because you're obviously still involved, but it was like, I was like, yeah, okay, the union or the league should help the guy. I agree with that. I always just said with Carcillo, I just, yeah, I just don't really agree with the way he goes about doing it, you know, and it's, um, 
you know, and I know he's called out a few guys online and speaking of Bissonette, him and Bissonette got into it online and, you know, yeah. and it didn't, and it didn't look good for Carcillo with, you know, when, Bar- when Biz brought it up, but, um, with some of the stuff he had said and whatever, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just, uh, yeah, I was just, uh, I just noticed actually that you were, you had played with him. So I was just wondering uh, what your thoughts were, but, but anyway, we'll move yeah, on. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. I will, I will get you involved in that. That's, uh, but, um, the, well, the following year, uh, you signed with Carolina. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just, again, it was a, uh, off season decision. Took another one year deal to go back to the, uh, the GM of the Ottawa Senators when I signed was Marshall Johnson. And now he was a, uh, one of the head scouts for Carolina. And he was the year before I went to Boston, one of the teams that was trying to was calling was Carolina, and for whatever reason, I just said, you know, I'm going there just because I like Marshall Johnson. He's an awesome guy. He's uh, well respected, and you know, I just honestly chose it because of that. I didn't put much thought into it. I didn't look at the roster or anything. And I went there, and I didn't expect to make the team really, and I didn't make the team. I went down to Albany and uh, played for Tom Rowe, terrible Tom Rowe. And played with Trevor Gillies. Yeah, well, that—that's an episode in itself, right there. But uh, like, that dude comes across so intense. Um, yeah, he's—he's uh, he's, he's so and so intense, so tough. He's just uh, to this day, he's probably tough, tough as can be. I'm sure, he's ready to go right now if he had to be. Um, but really, I really got along with him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was gonna say like everybody I've had on the show that I've, they've all said the same. They all like, oh, he's crazy, he's just, you know, intense and whatever. But everyone says he's a nice guy. They're like, yeah, I'm, like no one's like you know, motherfucked him or anything. Like on my show, anyway, they they all they yeah, all no. said he's a nice guy. But uh, totally, you know, he's a nice guy. We got along very well, and uh, you feel pretty tough going up against a team when you got him. That's for sure. Walking in beside you. Well, yeah, absolutely. And uh, well, like uh, like you say, you don't stay down in uh, in Albany all year. You, you come up and you play the play thirty two games with Carolina. Um, how was it just walking into that dressing room? I mean, you got Stahl and Ray Whitney and you know old Rod the Bod there, Rod Brindamore, and uh, what were those guys like? They were, uh, yeah, it was it was very cool. It was a lot uh, more laid back and. Uh, not as intense as the Vancouver uh, uh, experience, but they said some big time names there. Uh, they were just a very, very professional group of guys. To be honest with you, they were a good, very good team. But they just were, uh, yeah, very good guys, very welcoming. I, don't know, I had a lot of fun. I was surprised how nice of a small city Raleigh is. Um, yeah, like I said, right place, right time. Um, and uh, Rob DeBod, one of the, uh, you know, that, that legend, meeting him after all those years of, he's a SHL legend, a Notre Dame Hound legend. You've, you always heard stories about him, and they're all true, let me tell you. <laughs> he is an animal. Well, I was going to say, well, speaking of intense, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, he was super intense. He had his, uh, he worked out harder before games than most, most people did after the game, that's for sure. Were you there when Commodore was there? Yeah, Commodore was there that first year, and he got traded at the deadline. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Okami. He's he's an interesting dude. It seems like uh, you know he's, he's he likes to stir up the shit online. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, he's a he's interesting. He's funny. Good guy. He, he had a funny story about fighting Rippin for the first time. Oh yeah. Well, be, yeah, about this guy trying to fight him, and finally finally takes his fight, and this guy just. Smack, 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 smack! Hit him, hit him about three or four times before he even knew what was happening. But uh, nobody, because nobody told me he's tough. Nobody's like, "Hey, give me a heads up. Let me know if this guy's tough, guys." <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think I think Rippin did that to a few guys for sure. Yeah, he exactly, uh, yeah. when he had that weird style, like he put the one arm up, kind of like the block. I've never seen anybody fight like that before or since. Yeah, he, like he's got that one yeah. arm kind of. I don't know it was, yeah, it was wild. But, uh, you know. well, one of the guys that you fight uh, with the Ranger when you're in Carolina, actually it's your first fights with Carolina, same game, Colt Moore. Oh, geez, is that my first fight, too? Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, you know, it was kind of the reason I got called up because he ran, he was running around the games before that, and I think he hit somebody and took him out. But, yeah, anyway, so I kind of knew, knew what was up. And I didn't know enough about Colt Moore as a fighter some reason i don't i don't know why i knew he was really tough but i just didn't know enough about him or i didn't give him enough and not that i thought i was going to beat him but i should have played the fight a little bit uh been a little more conservative i went in i was still in a couple of after that and he just popped up and hit me once and it and it, he hit me flush and he cut me and so i went down like i not down but i went uh to the side and as soon as i poked my head back up still standing up he hit me with it on the other side of the face so in two punches he cut me on both sides of my eyes <laughs> and uh, that wasn't really fun so i had to go in and get zippered up on both sides of my face come back and serve the penalty or penalty is probably done and then my very first shift out there after that he drilled somebody at center ice from behind <laughs> or right in the middle of the ice right in the slot right from behind so i'm like oh god and then i dropped the gloves quick and then just kind of had a wrestling match and went down on the ground and he made fun of my face like an asshole. <laughs> the, uh... <laughs> but yeah, no, he, uh, he just, he was two punches and he hit me really hard. Just both of them. So they, or they hit flush anyways. Well, yeah, like I've had a couple guys on and they fought, they've talked about or and just how heavy his hands were. Like I said, when he hits, yeah. he just like vibrate when he hits you. Like, yeah, that's what it felt like. So well, that was a tough one. Tough to over. Get over. Well, the two names that you fought that year that, uh, you know, as, as fan, you know, you always, oh, top 10 all time and whatever, and everybody kind of has their lists and talks. Two of the names that always come up are George LaRock and Donald Brashear. And they're pretty, yeah. in terms of fight fans, they're, um, you know, us fucking nerd fans, you know, they're pretty polarizing characters. And, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you always get the, oh, they throw noogies, they do this, they don't, you know, they're huggers, they, you know, you get some of these people that say that. So, well, you, you fought both of them, so nobody, you'd know better than anybody. What was it like fighting those two? Um, well, the rock fight was not much. He just was so much heavier than I am, was, and I'm not, uh, you know, I, I don't do well against guys that much bigger than me. So we didn't really last that long because um, we fell down too soon. But uh, you know, like I, I didn't even get a good feel. He just seemed so, so big. 
it was kind of it was overwhelming. But Brashear was just a uh, bad matchup, really matchup nightmare for him because he's so strong and he's a lefty. Um, I just you know I'm all about getting my getting a grip on somebody before I can before I can open up and throw. I don't just open up and throw to, to throw. I like to uh, keep my nose somewhere in the middle of my face. Yeah. But so I I couldn't. The one time I went to fight him. He said, "No, I'm not going to fight. Not going to fight." And then he just kind of. Then I think I had my stuff off, and he's like, "What are you doing?" And then he just dropped his gloves real quick and grabbed me and gave me a couple. And the other time we fought, he just straight up. I couldn't get a hold of his. Couldn't get a hold of his his left to get set and throw punches. And he just kept throwing, kept throwing, and he just was so fast, so strong. I could never catch his left. And he didn't hit me with anything, anything uh, like damaging, but definitely took a lot of took a lot of swings at me. That's for sure. Um, but. Brashier, he got better as his career went along. Yep. Like when his uh, started in Montreal, like I'm watching him in high school or whenever it was, and just out of high school, I'm watching him with Montreal Canadiens, and he was doing that, and he's doing all those noogies and all that weird stuff. And then you got in Philadelphia, Vancouver, he got a little bit better, started getting better. Philadelphia, he got pretty darn good, and then Washington, he was pretty good. I think he's 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 definitely one of the tougher guys of all time. There's no doubt about it, and. Uh, Larock is. Larock just didn't have the same mean streak that Brashear does. You know, he's he's definitely one of the toughest too. He just didn't he didn't destroy people, or he could have done a lot more damage. He just you know, it's just not not in his nature. He's not quite the same type of asshole that Brashear is. Yeah, well, there you have it, folks. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 